Welcome back to the League of Inches podcast. This is a Supercoach Teams preview episode. Again, myself and Jesse, who finished 14th overall in last year's Supercoach. So a man that really knows his Supercoach. The teams we previewed in this episode, Sydney Roosters. Uh, we've also got the Canberra Raiders and the Manly Sea Eagles. So plenty of talking points in this episode. Make sure you're uh, sitting down or you drive along. Make sure you're making some mental notes because there are some huge players uh, that we talk about that are really uh, super coach quality players and players you need to look at seriously. Uh, again, make sure you go ahead, give us a like or subscribe, however you are listening. Uh, if you want to head over to YouTube as well, there is a slideshow happening with this episode and give us a subscribe there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another NRL Super Coach Teams preview episode. Where tonight we will be talking about the Sydney Roosters, the Canberra Raiders, and the Manly Seagulls. So some interesting teams from for different uh, points of view, some cheapy options, some mid-tier options, and there's some also some absolute guns to talk about. So I'm really looking forward to this episode. First of all, once again, guys, thank you so much for all the support this week, especially when it comes to the Supercoach content. Um, really been insane numbers that I uh, still can't really get over. And especially on the YouTube side of things, that the subscriptions are growing um, at that rapid rate. So I'm still holding on to that promise that if we do reach a 1,000 followers, which is a big ask, but look, there's some faint hope we can do it if we gain some momentum a bit more than what we are. We can make it and someone's going to get that 2024 uh, NRL jersey, which would be pretty cool. Um, but if that's out there, if you want to share with your friends, get amongst it. Make sure you subscribe to the page and help us get to that magic 1K number. Now, qu- quick couple of things before I bring Jesse in. Uh, our Super Coach overall comp has, is out officially. I haven't officially launched the head to head comp yet. I'm just working on it. It should be released probably today for the people listening. Um, I will have that the head to head stuff up. Um, off the record, quickly, we just did our draft league stuff, and I was right royally stitched the hell up. Um, I almost <laughs> want to drop the F bomb early, but I won't. I'll refrain for that till we get to some different teams tonight. It's not but that bad. I was sitting around the top three. This like, we randomized it five times to just sort of make sure it was all legit and stuff. I was sitting pretty. There was a couple of ones in there. There was a couple of, like threes, and I'm like, yeah, I can, I can handle that. And then the last one drops, and I'm sitting eight. Jesse is lucky enough. He's got th- three, so he's guaranteed. Mm. We're, we're not going to mention the names just mm. in case we've got some guys in our comp that will go differently, and, and please do. I hope everyone goes differently. <laughs> Leave too. some of these big ones for, for us. But as I was saying for the Supercoach overall comp, the Supercoach rings, massive thank you for uh, the ring that they've kindly donated for us as a prize. It is legit. We spoke about it last time on our live show. It is a legit-looking ring. like It is sensational. It is quality all over. Um, to join our competition and to get involved, the winner will win the ring. The comp code is 452990. So just make sure you get into that, get involved. Myself and Jesse are playing, so you're going head-to-head with us as well and going against the best in Jesse. So um, you got your work cut out for you, beating him first up. So lastly, I just want to thank the Rugby League Fantasy Pro, which has jumped on board. With us this year, they'll be around and giving us all our super coach stats. You can be part of it as well. If you're a keen super coach or fantasy player, get amongst it. Get um, Look up the Rugby League Fantasy Pro. Um, it has all the stats you can think of. I know Jesse's had a really good player around with it, so he can probably get, go a bit more deeper uh, for this one than I can. But, Jesse, it is a statistician's paradise, isn't it? Oh, It's it's massive. Yeah, it's just the biggest deep dive you'll ever do. And um, 
I, to be honest with you, I actually didn't use it last year. I didn't have it. Um, I did see it getting posted around and um, I don't know. I just felt like I could probably try and run, you know, just not run with another program that I was looking at. I was already looking at um, Supercoach stats and there was all this other stuff going through. I didn't want to confuse myself too much with the numbers, but I have been playing with it this year. Um, yeah, very, very good program. Uh, I don't know why I didn't use it last year, to be honest with you. So, yeah, really keen to um, to crack that one open for the season and just see see if it can push me a little bit higher, which is, you know, ideal. So, yeah, definitely definitely going to be a big, big tool for a lot of people, um, maybe new to Supercoach or just probably haven't dived super deep into the stat side of things in general, maybe just by picking by name or by fixture or, you know, by percentages. Um, it really puts you in the forefront to have your own initiative um, and just build a, build a different team that has a really good bit of value to it. So, yeah, doing some good stuff over there with that for sure. Yeah, and, and moving forward, a lot of our Supercoach posts and the like will be based off a lot of those stats as well. So we will um, let the viewers uh, know a bit about what you can see. And it's great for not just experienced Supercoaches, but other newcomers as well. It will help you a lot. Um, improve your game straight away and get off to a flying start. I wish I had it years ago. It would definitely come in handy. But it is a subscription-based service. Um, as I mentioned, there's Fantasy, there's Supercoach stuff. There's also some draft things in there to help with the drafts, especially I'm going to be using that the next couple of days to get some pointers because I need it coming from eighth. And there's also a punting side of things, which is getting released very, very soon. So really keen for that as well. And luckily it is a subscription-based service uh, that you do pay for. But with League of Inches, if you do this uh, code that we've got, it's two feet. So a little bit of a play on words for our League of Inches name. So the number two, and the word feet all in capital letters, you will get $10 off that first year's subscription. So quite handy there. Uh, a lot of that great value, as we've said. So make sure you go ahead, put that code in, and enjoy all the stats you can think of. But that's all that out of the way, Jesse. There is some interesting teams ahead tonight. I know we're both coming down. We've got mixed emotions after our draft. We've got to try and put that aside tonight. As hard as it is for myself, you are on cloud. I think nine. I'm a bit perkier than you, actually. Face. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm just thinking about you know, which of the three top guns I'm going to be running with, and who I think I'll probably get. And I'm. Uh, I'm enjoying it, to be honest with you. I don't want to rub it in. Eighth isn't the best spot in the world to be picking from, but. Thanks, man. I'm so used to drafting from the bottom third, bottom quarter, even bottom, like right in the pit, and um, it doesn't make it big difference you know you can still make it work but yeah i am pretty don't right. i'll tell you that i'm sorry I'm, a... I'm not even gonna try and hide it i'm i'm stoked with that <laughs> Let, let's sorry, get straight into it it's it's fine i just want to move on now yeah. uh the first team up the sydney roosters which we will come with a big caution sign a, a sort of a um, this could be a big one uh there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the sydney roosters again guys for the youtube viewers We'll have the slides up uh, where we just mentioned some of the questions that we will run through uh, this episode and some some couple of nice pictures to go along with it. Um, straight up the hooker uh, role. And one player that, look, and I will quickly, I, I was supposed to say this at the start of the episode, we will be doing a second episode this week, guys, probably dropping on Thursday, a shorter one, but it will be our team's reveal number two. We did say when we did our team's reveal number one, that we weren't going to be one of those pages that just smash you with team reveals. But I have been inundated with messages. I'm not going to lie about what's our team's doing. And to be honest with you guys, me and Jesse spoke about it. Our teams have changed quite a lot already 
So it's probably yeah. worth going over. There's a lot of things that have already happened in the preseason for teams and stuff. So it'll be a very interesting episode. So guys, once you listen to this one, sooner, uh, very, very soon after this one, a day or so, you will be seeing what our teams are looking like a few weeks out from the actual season. And I think it's a perfect time with trials starting next week as well. But one player, a little bit of a spoiler alert that may feature in both of our teams or at least one of our teams is Brandon Smith. Can you talk to us about Brandon Smith, Jesse? Where are you at with him? I'm in two minds with Brandon Smith, man. Um, obviously, everyone plays this roulette with him every year and, it, you know, we play the roulette with the Roosters every year. Um, I'm a Roosters boy, personally. Um, I've been dealing with it for a few years, and it's been pretty injury-riddled. Um, I very much think about the super coach first, to be honest, so it's not as much heartbreak. But um, they've got every chance to win the premiership this year. You know what I mean? You can say it every single year, and it just doesn't seem to happen for them. So um, when it comes to Brandon Smith, He's always that guy. You're like, is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? What are you? What are you stopping me for? I've done it again. I haven't gone through the first five games. Oh no, I've that's okay. I've got them up here, so we can get into <laughs> okay. it right now if you'd like. Yeah, um, so I'm looking at the first five. I'll try and be a bit more prompt about this one, eh? Um, they start off with the Broncos, um, Manly, South Panthers, and the Bulldogs. So not the Vegas, nicest baby. run. Yeah. They are, yeah, it's pretty rough, actually, to be fair, looking at it. Obviously, the Bulldogs game's nice, but yeah, Broncos, Manly, South, and Penrith, the first four, no, it's not the nicest. But, you know, we'll just have to see what happens with those guys, man, because that's uh, that Vegas game's obviously going to blow everything up, I'd imagine. Um, that's the thing that's got me in a bit two minds about Brandon Smith. What's he going to get up to in Vegas? It's dangerous. It is it's dangerous. dangerous it's too, I don't know. Like, I find his value actually quite good, and it's it's tricky with him because obviously you know he's had so many ups and downs, and you you expect big things from him because of the season that he had at the Storms a few years ago. Um, but looking at his average this year, like he's priced at four seventy one, off a forty six average. That's kind of the lowest average he's had for a fair few years now. And um, if that's sort of the, the pits that he can do and he's priced accordingly, you'd imagine they could only either be the same or upside. Um, so for that reason, you know, that's what's got me a bit intrigued about it. Um, obviously, the draw is not ideal for it. Um, Connor Watson's back, so there's a bit of potential risk of minute rotation again, but he's never really seemed to be an 80-minute guy anyway. So it's a bit on, you know, bit on the fence about that one um but like the values there for him if you needed to cash down from one of the one of the gun hookers you know your, your top two grant marshall kings or even in the the mid to high 500s he's he's another you know potentially 100k down from them you know your, your braley's and robson's and the like so that's that's a fair bit of money to find too if you've already stretched out quite thin so um I feel like you could probably average at least another 46 again this year, which, you know, it's not great for going up in the up in the rank side of things and getting a bit more coin out of it, but it definitely helps with team building for now because yeah. um, you're probably not going to keep him forever. No one ever does keep no. the cheese forever. gets a bit stinky after a while. So. <laughs> no one wants rotten cheese, um, no. that's for sure. One thing with Brandon Smith, I'll say this um, – but first of all, from a Supercoach perspective, he actually started to find some form late last year, I yeah, thought, and looked at did. the scores. 
Round 25 last year against the Eels, so decent opposition. The Eels were playing for their season at the time. 57 points. Um, the West Tigers, round 26, he got a 90. Uh, so I'd definitely take that, for, especially mm. with his price. Uh, and South Sydney, round 27, that's always a, a bash and barge style match. Uh, a 48 as well. Now, his minutes um, weren't fully there, but I'm not expecting that when it comes to um, Brandon Smith. I'm just looking at his minutes now. 68 minutes in the para game, 79 with the Tigers, so he pretty much got through the whole game, and then 66 for South. I'm looking this year, if he can get around that 60 to 65-minute mark, I'm pretty happy with that, and I'm pretty content with him yeah. getting through enough work to make, for me to be happy with him to start with the season with a lot of the – just to sort of make my side work with cash, that's that's the big reason I think uh, I'm going for him and we're looking at him at the moment because mm. it kind of makes our side a little bit stronger overall. A little bit. Brandon Smith, um, though, for, for the a... Roosters, I just like – I want him to focus on the on, on hooker. Like I feel like at the yeah. Storm, you mentioned it, he was sort of mixed around a lot with these positions and one week he was playing hooker because Harry Grant was out, but then the next week he was used as a bash and barge sort of impact forward and stuff. And it's just sort of, I think we underestimate sometimes how much that can mess a player around. Like it's really hard to go at that top quality level and be good at more than one position and train your body. But like these guys, their bodies are almost robotic in a way with like what they're trained to do and how they're trained to do it. It's hard to go in and out of stuff. So if he's got another proper full preseason under his belt here with the Roosters, seen a few photos around from the Roosters, he's looking really, really fit. Um, I know Connor Watson will give him added pressure as well to make sure he does perform because I know the Roosters are high up on Watson and what he can bring to that club. So if he stays fit, that's another bit of competition. So when the more I look into Brandon Smith, it doesn't make sense, but for mine it does make sense in a way. Mm. It's sort of like in, in theory you're going, nah, it can't work. But then I'm thinking, no, nah, I think the Roosters will have a good season. And then I think Brandon Smith will do a quality job in dummy heart. Sounds like a broken Maybe record. I'm going crazy. Yeah. No, like I, I've made the same. Um, I've made the same point to myself, man. When I threw him into a team, and I realized how valuable that extra hundred k can be. So, like, he's a point eight a minute kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, he, he can do it. You know that that season that he kills it at the Storm, he averaged like sixty eight, almost seventy points. Yeah, that's right up there with the big dogs too. And obviously, that was one year, and the other years surrounding that, and since it's always been that forty five. Um, but there you go. Like when he's not performing at his best and he's sort of potting along, he's getting you 45. Um, you know, that 45 could be a few ups and downs between 30 and 70 plus, you know, with those bigger games, but it, it's not bad. And when you're just, you know, biding time before you get Harry Grant, I don't hate it. I really don't. Cause he could have a few big games. Um, just have to see if he makes it out of Vegas, you know? gets back into the country so but he's looking fit man he's looking good and you know the same old song and dance with the roosters they've got every chance to win um all they need to do is just keep a team out there and you know not have too many injuries and the like but yeah it's always this discussion every year with brandon smith i think if he had the dual mid it might be a little bit more open and i think more people would probably be leaning towards him but i guess with the 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 hawk the sorry the stocks at hooker um, it's yeah, it's not bad. I'm I'm, I'm still tossing up, putting put him in there. I, I don't think it's a bad option. But again, man, it's it's Brandon Smith. Everyone's been burnt by him before. You tread lightly, you know, a bit of caution there. So yeah, unfortunately, we have. So it does have that 
Uh, we did mention the start of the episode. This episode, we have a lot of those caution sort of signs with it. This is definitely one of those cases. The man putting pressure on him is obviously Connor Watson at 374K. Obviously missed pretty much all of last year. Actually, I think he missed the whole of last year through injury. Yeah. And I think there was a chance they could have rushed him back towards the end, but there just wasn't a risk. And I, I applaud the Roosters for that, letting him have a full recovery. Um, and the additional uh, preseason will do him the world of good. He's openly spoke already in this off-season about being that impact player. That's what he's training to be, that 14 player. So at 374, there there is sort of it's it's two sorry, there's two percent ownership as well, six percent at the moment for Brandon Smith. But yeah, it's, he's got the two RF in Hooker um, Jewel. I don't know about Connor Watson though. There's yeah, uh, I, I'm not too behind on Connor Watson at the, yeah. the at the Roosters anyway. At the Knights, freaking hell. Mental, but um, he needs more yeah, than the, 20 minutes. Well, that's the thing, like, he, he's a great utility and his points per minute are fantastic. And you can put him anywhere, you know what I mean? Play him at lock, you can play him at hooker, like, he'll do a really good job for you. But he just needs the minutes. Um, and I just don't see him getting him at the Roosters, unfortunately. So, in his little specialist stints that he gets put out there for, I think he excels and kills it in his um, his job basically that he's put out to do. Uh, but I just don't think it's a big one, and that kind of just takes him off for me. So yeah, no, I agree there. Let's move on to the front row forwards. Uh, Lindsay Collins, straight up, 544K, uh, 4% ownership. So there is some temptation there by some people out mm. there. Um, average last year, 53. I'm guessing that 4% are seeing how well he did last year, uh, thinking he just continues to evolve as a player and the points continue to come. Like if I guess for, for that sort of price tag, if he can get that 55 average, like I guess another way to look at this is they're looking at ways to go outside of the Payne Haas pick, I'm guessing. Because you're not going to yeah. have Payne Haas plus a Lindsay well, Collins, I don't think. That's like, a lot that's of too coin. Much. Yeah, big time. It's heaps of money. Yeah. Um, but I, I like Lindsay Collins for a, you know, a premium pick too. I think he was one of the very first teams that I made. I was like, yeah, Lindsay Collins could be on for it here. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, I, I did a bit more looking into how many forwards the Roosters have to get through, and I thought maybe not. But I, I even still, I don't think he, um, I don't think he really gets gets a bit of a hit with his minutes. He's he's that guy, you know what I mean? He's he's a freaking monster. So um, he'll always get that fifty to sixty role, I think, and he'll probably do exactly what you're looking at. And very very good. Like he's a he's a bit of a monster out there. And the only thing I suppose he's got origin. You know, there's other options. It's one of those luxury picks if you were to make one. But, I, like, I can't see you having him and someone more expensive than him. That's just be reckless. So, um, yeah, he probably has a better year than he had last season too, realistically. But because he's only getting better, man. Just a big yeah, lurch out no. there. Just a monster. So, yeah, I reckon he has a good year. Um, but luxury pick, you know, if you're a big fan, I don't hate it. But wiser way to spend the coin um because i think i'm just gonna like underneath i think you know you got reuben cotter there right right next to him and he's a dual position you know with a better start of the fixtures and a nicer run to begin with and then reuben cotter obviously has his appeal as well so you know there, there's one immediate swap over so that's the kind of thing that you're tossing up whether you go for collins or you, you go for the value play otherwise but um yeah I, I think he's better than you know a few of the others priced above him so not yeah. bad yeah, good bloke. Yeah, I don't Same mind it. Later. One thing I am looking at with his draw, like his last points against the Broncos was a thirty-eight. Um, against Manly, it was a fifty-seven. So that's nice. South Sydney, 
it was a 47. So um, a, a few pro, a few scores there underneath of what you're probably wanting or paying mm. uh, his average. There, I guess the concern for mine, as you sort of mentioned, um, is how many front row forwards they have. Like if you just like we're going to go through them. So it's obviously J- Jared Rhea Hargraves who. Uh, I think will be a bench player this year. Terrell May and Spencer Lenu. There's got to be enough quality minutes, I feel like, for all four. I don't think it impacts Lindsay too much. He should still get his stock standard yeah. minutes, but that's definitely something to, to sort of have in the back of your mind. That there's, and then we're not even mentioning some of their second row forwards, which we'll get to, who can play in the middle as well. Like yeah. there is a lot of options there. And Robson, for mine, is one of those coaches where he does spread cautious uh, carefully when it comes to all of these players and he won't overplay him and he'll always sort of would prefer to have less minutes and quality out of players and things like that so that's just something to be sort of careful of obviously if injuries start to happen he'd be i'd probably say he's one of the first players i'd be looking at because that would he i know he can handle long minutes he can play quality minutes and we're seeing the efforts he makes in origin that's the 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 top level of, of our code he obviously can do it, and he can do it for a long time. So he's definitely a look. If they lose one or two of those forwards, to be honest with you, I'm probably getting him straight in. Yeah, no, that's fair. You see him, you're like that's a, that's a good thing to make as well with the um like on the origin stage. He's just a beast, man. Like he's very solid. Um, and it's it's one of those things that you want out of him. Obviously, you want a bit more of that. You want a bit more in the fifties. Than he scored last year because there was a fair few that are pretty consistent, you know, 45 to 50 pointers where, you know, you can push it up a bit higher. And, you know, you make the same point again, um, just about the injury side of things. Because, again, I don't see it changing his minutes, but I think it just helps in general a bit more, you know, a bit of confidence, a bit of stability as far as what are the actual props going to be? Because I want it to be Collins and May. That's who I want yeah. starting out of the out of the whole pack of all of them. Um and then I look at Terrell May, freak. I think he could probably outscore Collins, and he's 100K less than him. So that's where I would be going for it every day of the week. Um, yeah, he's, he's a gun. 1.3 points per minute, May. We may yeah. as well get on to May now. It's just a freaking animal. 430K as well. So yeah. he, yeah, he, yeah, was in, he was in rich form at the end of last year. I talk about Brandon Smith, but May was – was another level as well. He was one of their big, big yeah. players. Yeah, that last um, two months, you could call it, thereabouts of the year, just finals football. Two months yeah, early. Well, they, they, and that's the thing. Like they really got themselves into that position and got very lucky to make it in there too. And I, I put it on the back of the forwards as well. Um, obviously, they kind of found their stride a bit in the attacking side of things, but um, they just had the beasts up front, man. Like, they just had a solid pack, and they, they kind of worked it out towards the end, and I don't see why they'd go against that. You know, that's what got them on that late push. So, you know, realistically, you just think stick with what you had. Um, and they've only bolstered it with Lenu too. So I, I see, yeah, I don't know about Rhea Hargraves going to the bench long-term. Obviously, he's suspended, so that kind of helps the cause for the other guys a little bit. Um, but he's a bit too much of a liability for the team in general, I think. Um, it's probably time to, you know, thank the legend for what he's done and then slow him down a little bit and bring the, bring the guns up a bit. But, um, and that's the thing. Where, he where re-signed though. Yeah. Just let him just pop. I don't think he re Do you reckon he was re-signed to play Reggie's? I don't think so. I think he has one more big, one more year in him and he'll go out. Hope he's hoping. And I guess the Roosters fans are hoping a winner. For the premiership. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably the plan for him. Um, 
And then I guess, I guess, you know, just having that experience too is going to be good for him because without him, like you've got Collins, but then you've got a very young, you know, well, also it's like Lenu's got the grand final experience coming out of a championship winning side for years and years. So you have that, but he just doesn't have that sort of age experience, that sort of leadership kind of thing out there as well. And he's a bit hot headed. Um, you know, you don't want to be taking a bit more of your, your moral lessons off where your high grades as far as that goes. But um, I think it's just probably good to have him at the club just to you, you know get everyone going a bit. So, Just with Terrell May, uh, as we go down yeah. this list, I just want one more question for you. Currently 7% ownership, and I understand what they're looking at, the points per minute and things like that. One concern for mine is just his role he will play. We're not too sure of what it will because yeah. let's not kid ourselves. Last year, the, even the back end, the Roosters were still – Undermanned, they'll still had some some quality players out, and they were just slowly starting to get the troops back. But they we never sort of seen them full strength, so we're not sure yeah. with what the lineups looking like this year, what everyone's roles is. And if we're being honest, the start of last year there was talk about May being a good player in that, but no one thought he was going to come on like he did. Like he was a really really good player by by the end of the year, and he'll be demanding a, a very big contract um, by the end of this year. But yeah. Where do you put him in Supercoach? He's 430K, so he's, for mine he's an awkward price because, I don't know, depending on the minutes that he plays, whether it's bench forward or starting, what's he going to be for your, for your Supercoach team? Because I don't think you uh, want 430K on your bench. No. I'll give you a little spoiler. He's in my starting lineup. Oh, look out. You're going yeah, rooster, in- mate. Is the rooster in every position? Uh no, no. There's only a handful <laughs> in there. There's only a handful in there. It won't it won't be like that come round one, I can tell you that. But I, I like his value. But the thing is I like the most is I like his points per minute. You know, he goes out there and it's just that case, you know, even if he gets 40 minutes with a 1.3, if he's off the bench, um, if he gets 40 minutes, you know, you're still gonna make that that score. So I'm not super worried about him going to the bench. I'm just more so a bit hesitant on how many minutes he gets off it. Um because I think he'll probably do a bit of a job with the minutes that he gets anyway. So ideally, in a perfect world, he starts. Um, I think he's staked his claim enough to get you know put into the conversation for it. I don't know how far down the pecking order he goes when you start considering how many other forwards they have to move through. Yes. But I feel like um, I feel like he's got good value there. But yeah, it's one of those positions again where if you're not starting with him, it's a bit pricey to put on your bench. So um, yeah, I just have to see how it looks come, you know, trials and you know who looks like they're getting the getting the nod there. But I um I like him, so yeah, something no, to consider. That. Something to consider. One one player you're hot on, and then there's another player that I don't think you're as hot on. Uh, and you're gonna put out the caution sign very early on again here, Spencer Lenu. I was very excited by Spencer very early on when Supercoach was picked, and he was probably one of my first picked. Players, 332K, 22% ownership. I think originally when they signed, everyone was thinking, awesome, he'll just be the start, one of the starting props. Because at the time, JWH hadn't re-signed and Terrell May, I don't think, had come on where the way we thought he would. He was still sort of working his way into the first grade side. So he's got there now when he's got Jared Riga Hargraves is now re-signed and Mays, as we've just spoken about, Mays become a freak. It's a tough one for Lenu and Lenu owners. Like 22%, that's a lot of, especially now, oh, so many people have already got the app in that. Yeah. That's a lot of owners. And I know you just want to sort of put out that 
be careful because it might not be as as rosy as a lot of us are thinking. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's very high. I actually think it's gone higher too um, since it started as well. So obviously, yeah, the hype was there about Lenu going to the Roosters last year, and you know it was a very poorly kept secret about it, but all but. Um, I think you just sort of have to just pay a bit more attention to who else is in that forward pack and just think realistically about where he's going to be. Um, it's all well and good to say, you know, Lenny's going to come in with a massive points per minute and he's he's explosive and he's going to start. I think it's a very, very ambitious take that Lenny starts. Um, I don't think he starts for a long time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I and think it might be a slow burn where... Yeah, and those are in like, you know, small stints too and he'll, he'll have a really hot run and then, you know wait a bit, wait a bit, and then have another big hit again. So um, it's a new role for him. You know, it's it's not like he's a starting prop in another team coming in to start again. Like, he's never really done it. Um, That's looking the at the talent of the Roosters get. too, like, it's, yeah. When I look at this from a rugby league point of view, which is what you've always asked me to do on this podcast, you're the super coach specialist. I am the rugby league um, analyst, so to speak. Spencer Lenu for mine is the best impact forward in rugby league at the moment. Like I have him number one as a bench forward. That's not necessarily, that's not a bad thing though. I, I don't think he needs to start to prove himself. If I no. was Robson, I'd be saying to him, let Jared go out there and start the game and bash the shit out of everyone for 15 minutes. You could then come on and provide what you normally provide. And I'll give you the extra five or 10 minutes, but you're playing that sort of mid part of the game because that's what you are so good at keep mm. him at that yeah. he's the number one prop for mine when it's coming off the bench yeah oh, i know definitely. he's signed he and there's all that that talk about it but i'd sit back and i'd go you know what it's working we're not going to change it yet next year let's reassess when jared does retire but this year while we do have jared just keep um to, to pick it at and just uses his out as our battering ram and intimidator Let's use that because that's that way. That whole eighty minutes, we have an enforcer on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, you know, don't change what's not broken. Really, you know exactly what he can do off the bench as an impact player, and if that's what the Roosters have got him in there for, which I think it's probably what they have done, because they haven't really had that um, come through solid. Well, they sort of have with Watson and like, but again, he's been injured, so they've got, they've had the players there for him, but they've had just so many injuries. They can't really seem to string it together. So, you know, he's he's only like his Panthers role was twenty-five to thirty-five minutes. That's kind of it. You know, you put him in after the sting, the first twenty minutes done, let him just belt it out, kind of thing. I, I see him doing the same, but he probably does get a bit more of a minutes bump, you know, a bit more of an incentive with a new club. But I think, yeah, it's gonna be one of those things. We'll look at Lenu next year with his thirty odd minute price point with no Rhea Hargraves, and we'll be thinking, yeah, this could be one of the best pickups of the year right now at this price, and it's just going to be a wait-and-see next season kind of thing. Like, it just depends on injuries. Again, like, you can never write it out with this club, man. Um, you can have 15 forwards, and you might only have about seven come the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, with the depth they've got there, you know, you just got to tread lightly and have a look at the other players at that 330 price point because there are starting props that will give you a bit more. So, I'm not the last thing on Lenu as well for the 22% ownership out there. Um, and I, I think I might still be, I'm not too sure, I'm not going to say too much on that, but 
if he is a bench forward and he is starting that, I wouldn't say to panic at all because I do still think he will get slightly increased minutes um, this year. It's just a I'll wait and see because he still has he's still averaging one point per minute. I said before that's only, but that's actually that's still quite good. It's only that we met, we spoke about Terrell May just before that, who has an, a, a such a high points per minute, which is abnormal. But normally you talk about yeah. players, and it's like you go, you know what? I'll take zero point eight as like a yeah, I'll get through that. One point one point per minute is still good, and if he can get forty minutes or so, he's still definitely an option. Like he could get you an extra. 50, 100K or something from his current price tag. It just, I think a lot of these 22% is thinking it's going to be instant and it's going to be, mm. yep, he's going to get 50 points straight away and that's going to be his, his just base. He'll just do 50 and that's, that's what we'll get. Just be careful because I just yeah. don't know if we will get that, especially early on as Trent Robson sorts this out because we move to the second row forwards. This list yeah. is yeah. 10 players deep, so we're not going to go it's through massive. all 10. But I'm telling you right now, there's at least eight players here who are going to be used quite a lot this year. And how you fit eight players into this lineup, because it's two starters. Obviously, the lock falls into this as well, Radley. The bench, and we spoke about it already, like players like Crichton and stuff, when we dig a bit bit deeper, Tupanua was sort of doing it um, a little bit uh, last year as well. They can play middle as well. You got your Nat, your Butcher brothers as well. Like they, this is some talented team. So Nat Butcher, six forty six k, one percent ownership. I'm I can't go there this year. And I, I he was so consistent for the Roosters mm. last year. I I feel like I'm crazy for saying this. I actually don't have him starting or in the initial team. You're out of your mind. And I think I am crazy for that. But when I look at it, Wong Crichton. Tupanua, I'd have all ahead of him if they're all fit, fully fit, which I know is a big if with the way Crichton and Tupanua has had last year. Bradley's obviously your lock. Connor Watson's going to be on the bench. We've already talked about the two props that will be on the bench. I think it's out of maybe – and then obviously I think Crichton or Tupanua or Wong, one of them have to drop back to the bench as well and two of them have to start. I don't know. The Butcher Brothers, like, they're so reliable and they're such Trent Robinson players. Yeah. They'll they'll be there somewhere. Like, I just know for a fact at the end of the year, we'll t- look at it, their stats, they've both played 20-odd games. That's just how it happens with them. Yeah, but I reckon they'll all somehow manage. <laughs> I don't know how. How's it going to work? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. You look at that. Like, I feel like think... when we're talking about this, we can just talk. Let's just talk about secondary forwards for the Roosters as a group. Let's not individualize too many of these because it's all going to be a group. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's a whole group. And that's the thing when you're looking at the Roosters forward pack, who do you pick? Like they have such good value. Every single player barring Radley, who is not an option for anyone um, because he's just volatile as they come. Um, And maybe Butcher because of his price. But I still think he starts. But obviously, like he's had that year or, you know, there hasn't been this luxury of, you know, they haven't had this depth of forwards to dip into and just go, okay, we can choose one or two of these six to run with in just second row. And then the rest have to rotate. Tupanua was injured. Watson was injured. Crichton had his thing, you know. Um, Radley will at some point get suspended probably several times. So will Rhea Hargraves. So that's kind of where this value, you know, this depth of forwards comes into value because they do need them throughout the year because they just 
you know, they're all over the shop sometimes. But um, the fact that they're all, all the good ones that you kind of want anyway are all sub 500. You just have to wait and see who looks like they're going to be in. Um, obviously, looking at the ownership percentages, people think it's going to be Siwa Wong. I would have to kind of agree with them a little bit on that one. Um, obviously, let's you talk know, a bit more about that. Yeah. Okay. Because I think for, I guess we've got to realize as well, Supercoach is continuously growing as a game. Um, why Wong? The most inexperienced out of the lot. But we're saying he is, and I agree with you, I think he's the best option. Yeah, well, you, just like you look at the players they've got around them, Tupanu is going to be probably eased back in through the middles, I would think. You know, he can play both places. A couple of years ago, he did really good stuff on the edge. Um, but then again, Egan Butcher did really good stuff last year on the edge. He doesn't really deserve to drop out of that position, and neither does Nat Butcher. So it could be one of those situations where we look at all of these players and then they start off round one with both Butcher Brothers and Radley. And you just go, oh, shit, everybody was wrong. Um, but then Wong ended the year very, very good. Um, and I think that late form is going to really help Robinson decide who he starts with because they really did just turn into a new team when it mattered. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a, a couple of fresh faces that did it for him. You know what I mean? Like you can just keep, you know, replaying the same old thing every single week. And, you know, they had those shitty losses and there was a couple of ones in there that you're just thinking like, what are they doing? And obviously injuries and suspensions are always a thing when it comes to this team. So um, Wong didn't really put a foot wrong and neither did Terrell May. And that's why I think the hype around those two is a lot higher than the rest of the team because they've got really good value and a lot of upside. Um like a lot of upside. Wong was really good. Like he, he was averaging what he had a, a, a fair few in the fifties, like, you know, high fifties games towards the end. And he's topped out at 76. So, um, you know, not groundbreaking results. It was against para too. So he did start off as a bottom basement price cheapie on the way up. So he's, he's been priced up a little bit, you know, 462 off the back of probably a handful of late games that are quite good. Um, but they were good for a reason, and he's priced accordingly. And I think his percent ownership is okay for it. But at the same time, like, how good's Crichton at the moment? Because a fit Angus Crichton, like, I know you can say fit. You can be a little bit cautious about where fit. he has. He does, man. And he walks into any team, in my opinion, when he's on. So I can't see Crichton, you know, providing everything's an even playing field for the whole team. Crichton starts over everyone. Um, and if Egan Butcher's the one putting pressure on his position, I don't think it's even a debate where it comes down. The only reason he wasn't in that team was because he kind of just lost it. Um, but, yeah, if he's on, man, he is easily, hands down, the best value in that team for second row. The hands crazy down. thing is for mine as well, on Crichton, if he can come back to the sort of player we, we all know he can be, I know it's it's not a super coach relevant point, but I have him actually on track to get back into that Blues team because I think he's one of those players that the Blues have really missed. Um, he has been crucial for New South Wales when he has played. And he's always been one of their best players whenever he gets to that mm -hmm. arena. So we know how good he is. And that's what the, 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 the crazy thing is as well. If we do get to Teamless Tuesday, Wong's off on the bench and Crichton is starting. It's There's an extra about 50K there difference. So you'll save that with Crichton. There's a lot 
because I, I'm another spoiler alert. We could have been too many, but no one's going to tune into this team reveal. Uh, Wong's in my team at the moment, but I have been so keen on Crichton. Like, I actually had at, at a stage two Rooster second rolls, which is another talking point we will get to. I, I just, there's something yeah. about Angus Crichton and Tupanua because I remember them both just being class when they were able yeah. to be fit and play their proper seasons for the Roosters, not last year, the year before and stuff, they were just so good. Yeah, man. And I just see their price tag and I'm going, it is bargain. If it get, if it can work out, this is a bargain for both. Oh, dude, it's insane bargain. If, if Crichton gets in there and does what he does, he has 30 points potentially of upside. Yeah. Like that's just insane. That's- it's absurd. It, he'll he'll push the seven hundreds quickly if he's back where you want him to be. So, um, we keep giving away these bloody spoiler oats, but he's the only Roosters forward in my team currently. Oh, look out! Yeah, and I'm I'm really preempting very very early team lists, and I don't want to have to change my team too many more times because I'm probably up to number seven thousand and something by now. So, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, you know what? I can keep putting these guys in and that, but this is what I want to see on team lists, and this is where I'll change it. And if he's in there starting, I'm going to see that ownership go from 6% to something like 45%. Yes. Yeah. There, there's absolutely oh, no I agree. not to. Yeah. Because um, I'm in the 15% for Wong at the moment, but I can quickly become part of the 6% for Crichton. That's sort of where my mind's from at. Because the other upside for me is the fact that, and they don't need it, we've just spoken about it, but Crichton can play middle as well, and he started to sort of – do that last year. So that is another option. Like if there is injuries in the forward pack, Crichton can easily change up and, and sort of play his trade. Even if that, Victor Radley is suspended or, or whatever, which he's likely to do for about five to six weeks at some point this year, this year um, Crichton could easily, like for mine, Crichton could develop into a, like a sort of a lock sort of player. He's got sort of those sorts of skills about him. And there's obviously so much to look at and so much to talk about. We could talk about this for hours. Um, oh, I think that's what people have probably done when they start looking into the second row from the Roosters. On that, I would probably think that Nat Butcher might get a bit more of a nod there if that was the case to try and keep him somewhere. But again, yeah. man, they've just got so many, like so many players. It's you just it's scary. You don't want to wish it on anyone, but you sort of need a few injuries to manage it. <laughs> to balance it. Honestly, it's just you can't keep everyone happy. Best team's going to be He has flying. a sombrero. Hey, how's that sombrero going over at the Roosters? Now we look at this lineup. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I know, man. It's the depth. Like, let me just say one more thing. If you're around Sydney, you live locally, and you see the Roosters reserve grade side is playing, go and watch, watch them this year because yeah. if it's full strength, it's gonna it is going to be some NRL <laughs> caliber players rocking up. We haven't got there yet, but even their back line is going to be a big star player missing out weekly. Um, Half back talking about that. Sam Walker and Luke Keary and Sandon Smith are all available at halfback. Um, Sam Walker's got a little bit of interest here at 5%, 610K, and I'm glad he has that because it means we can talk about him, and I want to talk about him because yeah, so do I. the longer this preseason goes, the longer I'm starting to get really tempted on Sam Walker. If I, I, I'm not, I'll say this now. I'll still stick with the, the two big guns to start the year. I'm not saying that. But again, touch wood, we don't want it to happen. But if something was to happen to either of those players early on, people are talking about Cherry Evans, the like Moses and stuff. I'm looking at Sam Walker next in line. 
Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty on for Sam Walker this season. I reckon he's going to have an excellent year. I think with the amount of returning players to him, um, the amount of forwards, especially considering, you know, how small the guy is, if he can just get a minute to do something really cool, he probably will. Um, and then I think the addition of Dom Young is going to be immense for him as well, especially on the high ball. So um, he loves a Harbour Bridge pass. And I think Dom Young's the only winger tall enough to catch him. So Goal kicking. Goal kicking. He's just got so much upside, man. And to be fair, I don't even see the reason why he was dropped last year. And whether you can put his injury down to being dropped and, you know, what, it's a bit harsh. It was harsh in general. Like, he, he's done it. He did it with Flano and he really targeted him out and it really affected his career for it. But you can't put the blame on the youngest player in the team who is playing in the hardest position. Like, I, I just don't see how he can think that's the right idea twice with two different players. Um, he come back in the last two games and he scored very well, 71-76, which is fine. Um, but again, he wasn't doing bad himself before he got dropped. So I just, I'll never understand that pick, um, or that drop. And I, I just don't, I don't understand why it was ever a thing or why it happened, but he did get injured while he was dropped and obviously missed a big chunk. Lucky it wasn't an ACL. Uh, I think it was just a strain. So he was able to come back that season. Um, I really felt for him in that that yeah. part because the thing that I looked back on that and thought was there was a lot of experience in that Rooster side last year that wasn't performing anywhere near what they should be performing at. And to sort of – I know he didn't take it out on uh, Sam Walker, but in a way it kind of looked like he did because yeah, Sam Walker was definitely. the one that was dropped. Like no one else was dropped because of it. It was, okay, yeah. Sam Walker, it's not working. Where – Sam Walker has so much upside. Like, I still see Sam Walker, once Cherry Evans retires, I have him up there with, obviously, Dearden. They'll just have a massive shootout in that year whenever it happens for that Queensland spot. I still think of him as that style of, and quality of player. Luke Keery, for mine, hasn't been that his, his, his own self for a number of years now, and that's obviously because of the head knocks. And there's always been that sort of talk and rumours around he's one head knock away from from saying that's that's me done. Like, I can't do it anymore. And he sort of looked like a lot last year he was playing like that as well. He was really hesitant. And I didn't think that helped Walker at all. Like, all I think this preseason, Robson sits down with them both and says, Kiri, you've got maximum two years left in the game. Like, I'd be surprised if he goes – more any longer, even even this year, I'd be surprised if he actually goes past this year, but he may do. Um, Sam Walker's getting the keys to the castle. Play with him, whatever he asks you to do, whatever he wants you to do, do it. Sam, this is your team from now on. You do what you need to do. I'll stick with you. We've got Sandon Smith sitting there in reserve grade. He's we know what he can do if we need him to. I'll bring him in, but you show me what you've got. We've got a top four quality roster. Make sure we're in and around the top four throughout the year. If we're doing that, your job's safe. As soon as we drop below the top eight, that's when we have a conversation. But I'd be giving the keys to Sam Walker and going, there you go. And that's why I'm so high up on him this year for a super coach because I think the Roosters are going to have a really good season. And I think Sam Walker, it's going to be Sam Walker's team. I'd love it to be that. Um, I don't see Robertson giving him that level of trust yet considering he dropped him last year. So... Um, whether that was just kind of like a wake-up call for him and he really wanted him to perform, Kiri was pretty well dog shit for that period. Yeah. And I would have thought it would have made sense to drop him considering the coin that he's on and the level of status that he plays at. 
um, and did nothing with it. And he didn't get punished for it at all. And neither did any of the big guys. Um, so on that, you know, I, I do feel for Sam Walker. I am a fan. I think he's probably got a very, very good future at the club. Um, I just hope, you know, he just gets the treatment he sort of deserves out of it because, you know, he's not bad. But again, they're both the half and the five eight there are quite small stature wise. So yeah. they do need the forwards to kind of step up around them. And I think they've got that this year. And um and the and the strike power to really push them as well. So yeah, six ten, I do see a fair bit of upside. Um obviously the fixtures aren't great. Um but fixtures aren't great. He hasn't averaged hasn't, too badly against these yeah. teams though. Like 59 and an 87 last year against the Broncos. He had a 59 and a 59 against Manly and a, a 76 and a, a 24 early against us. Um, that wasn't a, a great score, but the other scores, like I know when you're comparing him to Hines and, and Cleary, you're going, oh, a, you a good fit, there you go. Yeah, but you course. can't. Like if they're out injured, yeah. I'm going, it's like, and this is my next option. That's sort of the points that you're expecting from like Cherry Evans and stuff. And you're going to be paying an extra 150, maybe 200K for those sorts of players where you'll get yeah. it from Sam Walker for 610. Yeah. And it frees up so much for you to do for maybe a better backline player, upgrading one of your second row forwards from that mid tier up to one of those expensive players who are looking like they're starting to hit the, hit the ground running. So the other thing, like you've got to think about like Fafita will be coming back after a few weeks and stuff. So something does happen. You'll need to free up cash to get that sort of player in your team. You'll be left behind if you don't. So mm. they're the options you've got to look at. And there's 2% at the moment. When you look over at 5-8, that's only Luke Keery. So we've already spoken about Keery. There's 2% going in Luke Keery's basket. If I'm that 2%, I'm quickly going over and changing to Sam Walker. I just think you get more upside with Sam Walker. I don't that's think fine. there should be 2% next to Keery's name. No, not at all. I I, I don't understand that at all. Um. He's got so much more upside. See if he's kicking over Suwali. I imagine he will. Um, yeah. That should be a bit more upside for him. You know, ideally, you get in a good attacking team, the points are going to come naturally, and they're most likely half of them are going to be out of him. So I, I just think his upside's too good. And again, if you're not going for that Cleary Hines combo, Sam Walker is an excellent shout for it, too, because um, I would be very confident to play him week in, week out, if I had to. Um, if I had him in my team instead of the Cleary-Hines combo that I've currently got sitting there, but it's probably going to change now with other news, but um, he would have a chip on him every week. That would just be a given. You know, you're not going to spend 600 and not put a chip on him anyway. So, um, But then again, they don't have a buy for ages. Like, their buy is miles away, and providing he doesn't get injured or dropped again, which I don't think will happen, um, he's a very long-term play, and he, he could just continuously do a job for you and be quite reliable at that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the pick. I really do. Um, I'm leaning towards it if I have to free up the cash. And then again, you know, you make that point. If you do need to free up cash and someone does go down, he's a great way to get a few hundred K if you're already on the big dogs. So, um, yeah, that's no, I agree. Um, center wings for the Roosters. We spoke about it as before. A big name will be missing out. Um, obviously, we can five, five into four spots don't go, and I say that because Manu, Dom Young, Suwali'i, Tupo, and Billy Smith. They can't all be there because there's obviously Tedesco, who we're talking about at fullback. Yep. Manu and Manu well, is one center. 
Suwali versus Billy Smith for mine is the competition because I think Tupo with the experience, Robson obviously likes him. Um, he'll be one of the wingers with Dom Young. Uh-huh. So I think it's basically just a, a battle out of Suwali and Billy Smith. I think Billy Smith is a classy center. When he gets to stay on the field, he's starting to show how good he is. You just can't keep Suwali off because of the magic he can do. He's just one of those skilled players. Like I know you, you you're you're the Roosters fan here. You can talk a bit more about it, but I'm if I'm being brutally honest, I would actually move Tupo not on, but I'd keep Tupo in reserve grade. Suwali to the wing and Billy Smith to center. I think that is the strongest Roosters backline. But I don't, I can understand why. Trent Robson will have Tupo inside. Like he's been there, he's done it, he deserves yeah. that respect. He's probably going to have only an, another year or two in the game before he moves on. Um, whether that's Super League or he just he just retires. He's done it's done it all. He doesn't need to keep going and bash his body up. Where are you at with it? Because I feel like I don't feel like any of them are super coach relevant. Like we've got a question there about Joey Money we'll get into, but just on mm. that the backline makeup, because we need to sort that out first, really, don't we? We need to wait for Teamless Tuesday and think who's actually going to be here. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think the position's probably the thinnest. And considering Sue is not going to be there for much longer before he takes off. Um why wouldn't you not give it to Billy Smith? Mm. And just build a more build more around that. Because you know that's what's going to be in the future a bit more. Um, same thing with Tupo; it's not going to be around forever. So um, they don't have anyone else outside of that. So I would imagine that there's going to be some sort of, you know, relatively new acquisitions coming through later on this year for the next season to to fill a void there. Because they won't have a lot of options outside of that. Because um, like later on too, depending on how long you know Manu hangs around, I'd like to see him at fullback potentially. So there's all these things that can change, but I, I don't see Tupo going anywhere. Um, I, I think he's pretty well locked in for the entire year, as usual. Um, and to be fair, hasn't really done anything too bad to not get that spot. I think he's just getting on a little bit and then sort of, you know, there's a bit more talent coming up around him and they sort of want to give him a run. But um, they're just not super relevant, man. That's the thing for Supercoach anyway, for, for the club and for their chances. Um, I would say... You probably realistically, I think they're probably going to run with Suli and Manu as the centers, um, and then Dom Young and Tupo. That just makes the most sense to me. And then Billy Smith will just come in when someone goes down, um, which will probably happen. Can never discount that with the Roosters as usual. So um, as long as you know he can stay fit too, because he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't had the cleanest record ever. Um, but again, it's it's patchy, man. He'll have a great game. He'll have a shit game. So if they can just string a few together, that seems to be the Roosters in general. So um, they're going to be struggling if they don't sort it out in the next couple of years, though, or even at the end of this year, have an idea and plan because um, there's not a great deal of talent to work with outside of those guys. And even at fullback, in, in, like you've got, you've got Manu, who's the only one that I would be like, yeah, who else can you do you want to play at fullback? Who's going to be there next season anyway? Um, and I think he's an unbelievable fullback, and Tedesco is only aging. So, without that option, again, like, where do you go from there? But um, we can touch on Joey Manu now, I'd say, and Dom Young too. They're okay. both going to be the, the most relevant um, super coach options for the centre wing out of this team this year. Um, Four and nine percent, respectively. Yeah. Currently, ownership. 
I'm surprised Manu's not higher than Dom Young, um, mm. considering there's only 12k difference in the two. And you know what Manu can do as opposed to a career year for Dom Young. Um, again, in a very good attacking night side, you would hope it keeps going because he's finishing is unbelievable he's so acrobatic fucking hell. That, that try that he scored at the end there is just the most insane try i've ever seen um at the end of last season so i i, I hope i pray that he comes and does the same thing again for the roosters but Me too. um I, I see him doing it too i, I see the talent around the, the the team like you got to think roosters versus knights like again the back the strike pairing for the for the knights was just lethal way more lethal than the roosters were um because obviously ponga was there so um it's not like he's going to the tigers you know what i mean like they've he's going to be he's going to be banging some tries he's got a good shout to be you know up there for the try don't start rumors here we're known don't for start. on air live rumors so don't start. are we go on then give oh, me a crack the, I don't... the live shows the last few weeks on the live shows for those who have listened to them we've always had something to drop in so don't start any rumors here or potential there's, there's no rumors about whatever, this is just so. my these are just my open thoughts about this club that just shits me so often. So, um, yeah, I, I think Dom Young's probably got a good shout if everything goes his way to be up there pushing for, you know, the leading try scorer tally this season. Um, obviously, Marnie doesn't have that in his repertoire as much as, you know, Young will. So I can see where the ownership is on that side of things. Um, I just think Marnie's value is a bit deeper, especially around origin time too, because he doesn't ever go anywhere and he plays fullback. And whenever that comes around, you see him, he's the most transferred in player come origin because you just need him at fullback. He's just unbelievable. So um, every year he just seems to be getting better and better, I would say. Um, yeah, strong strong shout to start with him for the year too. I think if you're going to be doing that, um, you can just ride him out and just keep it running for the yes. for the whole term if you're really, really keen on it. Because um, I think at 650, you're kind of getting him sort of in the middle to where I reckon he'll probably end on. Um, I think he will go up at some point, and I reckon he'll probably go down as well. He'll just have those yes. fluctuations. But I'd be very happy to buy 650 at Manu, especially come Origin yeah. when he's a lot dearer. And, um, you know, you can sort of jump the jump the queue a little bit. Um, I'd be happy to buy him as well, but I don't think, to answer that question that is on the screen, I don't think he's the go-to premium centering option in the game. No. I'd still have a couple ahead of him. But the thing that I like about him and his upside is the fact that I know if Teddy does go down at some point this year, uh, look, Teddy's Teddy has been phenomenal the last few years, but look, sooner or later, I feel like there is an injury or something that might catch up to him or who knows what will happen. Touch wood, we want to see a champion like that go out on his terms, but you never know. Um, it does tend to happen. And I know Manu was switched straight to fullback and I know that's another 10 to 15 points at least in his game. And yeah. that's when I'm going like that is, that's ridiculous. But I do see a few ahead of him, but as you said, I don't mind the option as well. If that's sort of, cause he is sort of the cheaper premium center wing as mm. well. When we do talk about the ones that are better there, all the ones that for mine are better are more expensive. So he is sort of got that upside the fact that he is a little bit cheaper. Um, I have to recheck really the stats. I'm actually surprised he isn't a little bit more than that. Um, I know yeah. obviously it's based off averages and stuff, but I just felt like when he was playing last year, I felt like he was racking in some really decent scores. So I was expecting to see him when the app first opened, like that 7, 10, 7, 30 or sort of mark. So I was actually yeah. well, not really man, in my plans. He averaged, but... he averaged less than Brian Kelly with one less game. Yeah. 
which you would make it normally an easier average to attain because he didn't play as many minutes. But um, it's wild, isn't it, when you see that? He, he's quite far down the ranks. He was under Semi Velame. Obviously, you know, his average was a bit different, you know, didn't play as many games. Um, Isaac Tungo, Graham, then you're in the, the top, top tier. So I, I think he's in there. He's in that top tier. He just hasn't been priced in there for a couple of things that he did last season. So, um, you know, if he was fifth, sixth, you would see at probably the same ownership, but he would be 100k dearer. So that's the yeah. thing. Like, you can kind of get him at a discount in a way um, yeah. because he, he will he will definitely go up and he'll definitely get that position. Last season, he started at 801. That's crazy. It's huge, man. I don't, there isn't a, a center in the game that's 801 at the moment. So as it stands, like maybe one right play, now, maybe one play with with Manu here is if you don't start with him, look to get him in for that dogs game and then go with him because it's a tough yeah. start as we spoke about. That first four games is tough. I think points will be at a premium, so I don't think there'll be as many tries and tries and the like around that dogs mark and then continue on into the Origin run and stuff. That's when the games generally open up a bit more. That's when someone like Joe Manu will come into his own, and that's when I'll be looking at. Hopefully, he stays around that price. Summit, like the way I plan it, and I'm not, I'm not the expert here. You are, but you can talk a bit more about this when it comes to center wings. I like to go that one sort of around that six six fifty sort of K as my premium, so to speak. I know they're not premiums, but for mine, I put him in that category because I don't want to spend too much on him. And then Premium the rest price. of mine, I sort of have as sort of keepy sort of players who I feel like can have some upside with some tries and stuff and quickly make a bit of cash off. I know this year that's dried up a lot. There isn't as many options in that bracket, which is very annoying, I'm realising. Centre wing for mine this year is the hardest it's ever been. I'm really struggling, and you'll see it in a couple of days when we reveal it. But, yeah, don't panic too much if you don't start with mine is what I'm trying to say. Like, there is ways to get to him, and I think if you're – putting like notes down on paper and stuff, look for at least by round five. If the Roosters have started how we think they're going to start and looking decent, by round five, have Joey Manu in your team. Yeah, I think that's fair too because you can kind of let that price drop happen, which you expect. I reckon he drops a bit too after those first four, especially the Panthers game. If he comes out and he's just nowhere for that game, you're going to want the bull, uh, the Bulldogs game to be a really good bounce back for him. Um, he might have a really ugly break even for that game, and you might be thinking, oh, I could probably afford to wait another week, but points will come. That's the thing. So you just got to take them as they are because after that, they've got Newcastle and Melbourne. Um, probably tricky games too, but you want your big players to stand up in them, and I think mine is kind of that guy too, depending on how the club's looking. And they didn't start off too hot last year, and that was kind of the reason, but they don't traditionally start off too hot anyway. Um, so, you know, if they can kind of just turn that over and really put emphasis on the start of the season as opposed to trying to claw their way back every year, which seems to be the going thing. Um, you could see just a very, very different side. And I think he's one of those players that could probably, you know, push forward for a very good start. But yeah. Um, and the, yeah. The way they started last year and how it, how much it did impact them because they should have finished top four last year. Like if we do look back at it, they should have been a top four side. I know they had the injuries and stuff, but the, for mine, the way they started sort of hindered that any hope because they just sort of, as we yeah. spoke about earlier, from about two months out, they were literally playing finals football, which isn't good. You do not want that. You want to play some hard games, 
but you don't want to be feeling like you're literally playing for your lot, your your mm. uh, your season two months out when other teams are getting ready and yep. relaxing into the finals. Like the Roosters were already sort of shot themselves in the foot. They've got to just, for mine, they have to start early. They've got to start their run, not not start their run early, but at least start on the front foot going hard uh, this year because Robson's always got his job there no matter what. But yeah, there'll start to be some some murmurs coming out of that camp if they have a similar year to last year, I think, with this roster, like what we've looked at. And we haven't even touched on any cheapies yet because for mine – there's not real cheapies this year because their side is so uh, stacked. Like I look in the back line, Lewis Murphy has come over from the Super League. A quick um, touch on him, 219k. So he's a cheapie, but in this back line, it's going to be hard for him to make a stand. He'll be waiting on some injuries, but he's a talent. I, I've heard a fair few things about him now. A couple of people have reached out to the page to say, keep an eye on this this guy. And they're just scratching their head why he chose to go to the Roosters because from what I've been told. If he chose to go to pretty much any of the bottom nine-ish sort of teams or a majority of the bottom four teams, he would have had a starting spot basically guaranteed. Like, he's he's that good. So it's interesting. Um, finally, the only guy in fullback is the great James Tedesco. 700K. Now, I know a lot of people out there, it's 3% ownership, so no many people are thinking about James Tedesco. Crazy, when I opened the app and looked at this, it's rude. I looked at it and thought the Roosters – I think are in for a good year. The biggest criticism I have of James Tedesco last year was that he overplayed his hand. For mine, if that's your biggest criticism of a player and he got in the way, that's an easier fix than saying the guy did nothing. He didn't know what he's doing out there. Like that is an easy fix for that sort of class player. And again, he's one of those players that as the season went on, he got better in my eyes. Like there was a lot of people still going off at him, which I thought by the end of the year was a bit unfair. Um, he did get a lot better. Average still 69.3 last year. And I feel like with so much unknown starting 2024 in the fullbacks, there is a lot of exciting players. There is a lot of huge upside potential, but that's the key word there, potential. We know what we're going to get from James Tedesco week in, week out. Like I would almost go as far as saying 69 would be his lowest score. Like that's something that I would be expecting just to sort of get out, get done sort of thing like there is a half a temptation there at 700k for james tedesco yeah i think this is probably the first time you'd ever look at tedesco and say two percent ownership or was it two or three percent it's um yeah it's insane and at 700k too he has been declining every year um and i think just the emergence of other options has probably swayed people a bit more on that sort of thing um not to say he's you know He's a bad pick at 700k. Shit, he's probably the best option at 700k, even above and below. I think, like, you're talking a guy who averages 100 plus, you know, most games a couple years ago, you know, upwards of that. Anyway, 2020 averaged 95 points, uh, 21 he averaged 87, 22 he averaged 79, and then last year 69. So it was a pretty hefty drop. Um, on the year before and every year since he's just been dropping that five to ten points sort of thing so you know going off that you'd think he drops down into you know 60 i just can't see tedesco being a 60 averaging fullback just off that current trend um if there's ever a year for a bounce back it's probably this one i I started last year with him and i burn a hole in my pocket pretty quick with it as well um 
but I'm not afraid to do it again. <laughs> that's for sure. I was going to say, I don't think you'll burn as big of a hole this year. No, I don't think like, so either. If he if he burned his way down from 830 odd down to 700, I'd be like, oh, that kind of sucks. But getting him at 700, I, I just don't see too much of a drop there. Like he did start off, you know, scoring a couple of 50s and then he had a pretty shit one here and there. And then obviously he sort of come good again and then he scored over 100 four times. So he's definitely still got it. Um, That's what I mean. Even against yeah. the to- the first three teams he's versing this year, last year against the Broncos, they only played him once. He did get only a 34, but the Broncos were red hot last year. Yeah. Um, Manly, 71 and an 89, and South Sydney, 83 and a 60. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even, like, yeah. it's quality uh, opposition, but James Tedesco is a world-class player. That's yeah. his bread and butter. Like, this is the sort of games that these sorts of calibre of players go, all right, let's go. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know what I will do and what I'll deliver at. Can you guys come to my level? That's the question. Like, the more I think about it, the more I think, especially early on with so much un... Obviously, we want to focus on the reasons of this podcast, but just out there, everyone's got the same question marks. You got, Let's go quickly through them. You've got Turbo, which is Turbo. Like, if he hits the ground, we know what he can do. But again, yeah. there is a huge question mark over Turbo this year. Remember last mm. year, we were told he came back and he was good. He could hardly run still. Like he was not putting his foot down at all. Yeah. And if that's going to be the same this year, we, we're not too sure. There could be hesitation. Reese Walsh for mine. The Broncos have lost a lot of quality players who helped Reese Walsh's game a bit last year, uh, especially when it came to Farnworth. Um, that could impact Reese Walsh this year. We're not too sure. And the the factor of everyone will be coming for the Broncos, knowing how good they are. Drink water. We're just not sure if drink water will go stay at that level. That was a huge level he went to last year. Like he's a really yeah. attacking player. Latrell. There's a question mark over Latrell, even though he's a great option. I feel like again, it's a hard start to the season, and is his body and mind right? We're not too sure. Uh, the other one is probably Gutho, which. Is Mr. Reliable once again? He's one of those players mm. like James Lesko where you know what you'll get with him, but will it be as high as his points it was last year? We're not too sure. That's when I look at it and go, do I gamble with the 800, 850K players or 900 sometimes, or do I just go play it safe to start with, free up an extra 200K, which would be so handy for me right now. Like, I really need that. And do I just go with James Lesko, which I go, you know what? It's not going to... It's Get just me. James Tedesco too. You got to think you got James Tedesco in your team. This Mister Supercoach. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's not going to get me rock hard. Nice. It's not going to get me. That's Ponga. That's Ponga's job. Yes. If you had James Ponga Tedesco as your Ponga. backup fullback for nearly three hundred k less than Ponga, you take it every day of the week. Um, Dylan Edwards is seven. Live trade. Live trade. Live trade. You done? I'm, You've I'm going Latrell to Tedesco. Done. Did you? I've done. I've done it. Done. You've been you've been watching my Early. Buddy. You've been watching my team today, haven't you? I did the exact same move. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just you get uh providing he does it too, like he's thirty one. It's not old, you know, he's definitely still got it and the team is gonna get better. Um yeah, man. It's James. It's Tedesco. a healthy thirty one year old. He's a fit yeah. thirty one. Oh, he's fit. He just gotta stay away from the concussions, man, because they seem to rock him. Um but at, at his exact same price, you've got Dylan Edwards. 
so you get the consistent 60s or do you go for 2k more the potential extra maybe 80 to 100 points in a round because tedesco can do that a lot more than edwards can do i'm i'm all over it and at three percent ownership he's a pod when's tedesco ever been a pod i'm excited again i'm ready to go you're raring i like to see that i like to see that g up around the roosters get in I'm like a number on, eight Teddy. spot to draft all of a sudden. I think Teddy might be there for the team. He's a healthy pick at eight. Ooh. Look out. Um, that's Shit. it on the Roosters. Uh, any final words? Um, the last question there was Roosters bounce back. I think we both can say we do expect the Roosters to bounce back. And it's hard to say that because they finished um, in the second week of finals, which most clubs would say that's a successful year. But for the Roosters' high standards, no. I see him going up uh, above that. Uh, I see him as a consistent top four team this year. And as we said, Doc, there's obviously the premium options for, for my final say on it. There is some premium options, which we know, like the, the Joey Miners and like. But there is some decent value there for some of those popular positions when the likes of Sam Walker, James Tedesco, yeah, Terrell Mays and that are there, like, have a look at things and don't just go and follow the crowd. Like, don't be, don't look at the apps, especially these new players. And I remember I used to do it uh, probably two years ago now. I just go on because it was a higher percentage ownership. I was, yep, these are the, the guys that must happen. Where so often than not, it's the whole crowd that watches this player get a, a 20 and goes, oh shit. Yep. Then there's that 2% that they'll, they'll win the thing because they're going out and they're own their gut feel and they've got it done. So trust your gut. Do not follow the sheep. Do not be a sheep. Off you go. Exactly right. Get on the NRL Fantasy Stats Pro site and, you know. Yes. Straight into it. Supercoach Stats and you're going to get all over it. You're going to find these little things and bits of point of difference there. But, um, yeah, I, I just see the bounce back. I, I can finally see it happening this year and I really hope it does. Um, um, anyone that's in the, you know, Roosters supporter overall pages, I'll be going for that number one spot this year. I finished third last year in the Roosters comp. Oh. Yeah. Can you just yeah. stop coming on here and just gallivanting about how good you are? I just want to see. Coach? I just like, want to see. I, I just, nah, get out. I just want to see him win. I just want to finally see him win. Um, but, yeah, we could probably go to the next team. It's been it's been a hot minute yeah. on the Roosters. Let's so. go. Let's go. It is the green machine, the Canberra Raiders. Um could be a little bit quicker, but there is some talking points when it comes to the Canberra Raiders in terms of cheapy alert. Um, there is a question there already that we could probably answer straight off the bat. And how many is too many when it comes to backline cheapies? Well, you're about to find out the answer because that's what Canberra have in abundance. There is so many. We talked about the, the Roosters options when it came to the back row options. Now it's flip that sweet, uh, script. And we're talking about it with the back line for the Canberra Raiders, but it's bottom dollar this time. It's not mid tier. Yeah. Fullbacks straight up. Rapana, 557. Actually, no, I'm going to leave Rapana and Chris to center wings because I think they're bigger options there. To be honest, I think all these players actually are dual. Let's skip straight away from fullback. Let's, we'll talk about all their options we'll in their other their position. Yeah, sorry. Well, let's talk about their run. <laughs> the Knights. <laughs> Round one, round two, the West. I get too excited. This is the thing. I'll go and go, you know what? I know. I'm ready to so go. I'm going to try and bring you back. Thank you. Jump out the gates so, too hard. The Newcastle Knights round one. The West Tigers, the other, yeah, no, West Tigers round two. 
Warriors round three, Cronulla Sharks round four, and the Eels round five. So it's very uncomfortable, I'll say, that drill. Yeah, it's not. The last nice thing score. I was going to say, I'm, I'm just struggling a little bit because I made the lawn to Savo and I feel like I've got allergies or hay fever from it. My, my head is just a bit, how you going? But I'm pushing on for super coach. I'm ready to pump up. I've actually requested a hay fever tablet, but the missus can't find us. I think I've run oh, out, no. unfortunately. It was going to be a, a live on air. I was going to pop a pill. So that would have been pretty cool. But it's a true joke. <laughs> so that's the draw, as yep. you kindly requested. Santa Wings now. Tomoko is their premium go-to guy, 587, 2% ownership. Killed it last year. He was yeah. a really good player to have last year. I just no interested this year did you have him last year i'm i'm pretty sure i did yeah i think he's so on the I. only decent options i had at the end yeah i had him for a, a good stint man very very reliable player um you know what when you talk about cheapies in the raiders team it's not just the back line it's everywhere and i think it's a reflection on the the quality of the side at the moment yeah they're gonna they're gonna feel it this year i think man um, did you want to start in the centers considering the yeah, I, because centers they've got? They're all jewels in the fullback, so we'll get to some of those fullback yeah. options, but for their second position, which I think is their actual preferred position in super coach, yeah. So, um, Tomoko, yeah, easily their best player. And I think out of the whole back line, too, you're looking at a team at the moment who is going to go through a major restructure. Um, the whole reason there's you know potentially four to six cashies in there is because no one knows who's actually going to get a start. Um, but Tomoko will definitely be there. So, you know, 587, pretty good for, for what he'll do for you, I think. I'd be pretty happy with that in general. I think he had a had a decent little price rise last year, actually. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he come up quite a lot. How high is it against? He actually rose all the way up. He peaked at 711. So... Very healthy, but he was, a slurpy. He was, yeah, <laughs> he peaked to the Seven Elevens. Um, you're talking. You're talking. A few a people have it at two, yeah. two, two o'clock in the morning after a big night. You're peaking yeah. at Seven Eleven. Talking about those antihistamines. <laughs> um, yeah, man, very, very, very solid player for you. You know, a lot of seventies pluses, a lot of nineties and hundreds and the like. So, really good for it. He had a little bit quieter end of the year, um, but. I don't know, man. I just don't know how he's going to go with a, a team that's going to struggle so much around him. Hopefully, it just pushes him yeah. more. But 2% ownership, it's really low. Um, should be higher. He's a gun. The other thing, he doesn't have the surprise factor this year either. There'll be a lot of teams that know how good he is now, which for mine, especially young talent, can be hard for him to overcome because they're used to last year, let's say for Tomoko's instance, and I, I don't th believe this will happen to him because I think he's that good of a player. But last year he got that surprise element where people weren't too sure what they were getting with him. So he was able to do what he was able to do. Where this year he will actually be brought up in video. Like there'll be people, like teams targeting hmm. him, going, we need to Watch weaken him straight up and tire him out to then make sure he can't hurt us too much in attack, which we know he can do if he gets good ball, early ball. He's a strong runner. Um, I think that's going to just come back down to how well Tomoko's quality of, you know, player actually is you know you can you can play every video in the sheds and try and stop a guy but try and do the same with you know 
your pongers. Like try and just run a video and tell people to stop him. It's very hard to do. And he's a very strong he's, player. Like he'll just run a hole through him straight away. And he's, you know, he's got a, he's got that busting ability very easily for him. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't hate the pick. I've I've tossed it up too. I I kind of don't want to get caught up with the um with the excess of Raiders players. And I feel like that's probably going to be the case for most people. You're going to have a couple, most likely. You're going to have Strange or you might have Savage or Stewart or Weeks or you're trying to cull down on some value here and there. And then you've actually got a very viable starting center in Samoko. But then the problem that you've got is Byron. I mean, you, you can't cover Tomoko with anyone because you've just lost everyone at the same time. So it's going to hurt him. And I reckon that's why his ownership's so low. It's because there's just too many cheapies to really put any good in that team. I got another problem for that. And, and we can sort of talk about it now because we've got to the back line with the cheapy side of things. You don't want to have too many because majority of, of pundits out there are predicting the Raiders to slide and, and slide quite a bit. That means they're obviously – I don't think they're going to score as many points as they sort of were last year in that either. So a lot of these backline options, you're relying on that try. You're relying on those points, those line breaks and that to happen to get you those big price rises where realistically looking at it, because we'll get onto these cheapy options now because it's probably – I feel like the top three or four aren't really options when it comes to Supercoach this year because of that factor – you got to be really careful because if that was an easier draw, like the first five or six rounds, I'd probably be more inclined to say, you know what, start with three of them, get them all to have an extra 150, 200K price rise, whatever they're going to get, and then just quickly wipe at least two of them. Choose one to stick with, mm. get the other two and move to someone else. But the fact that they've got some quality teams they're coming up against, it's a very, as we said, an uncomfortable start to the year. It's not something that they – are guaranteed to either win or guaranteed to get like a 50-point um, scoreline putting on as someone, that just makes it a lot more, for me anyway, I'm a lot more cautious who I choose because at the moment I'm looking at it thinking I'll probably go two maximum. Yeah, I think two maximum is quite fair. Um, it, it's just more so about who actually gets a start. Sebastian Chris is going to be suspended round one. Um, That's so which, annoying. You reckon just because it's, it's one round or...? Should be longer. Oh, just because no, no, more so because I know Ricky loves him, and I know he'll yeah. walk back into this team, which is going to impact me when I choose my cheapie. Because and then it means one of these cheapies are literally going to play one week. Yep, that's gonna it's gonna and really screw some teams up big time. And I know people are probably pretty um, relying on Savage getting the fullback spot and hoping that Chris goes to um, the centers. 19. I don't see that being likely. I reckon Savage is just not super in favour for it long-term. Um, otherwise, he probably would have had it by now. Um, on that, on that quickly as well, let's note, because I think yeah. this is a, a massive talking point when it comes to Savage. Last year when he was dropped and he did play reserve grade, he actually wasn't playing fullback. He was changed. He was moved to the wing yep. because of Savage Stewart. Yes, exactly. That's, that was my next Just point. put that in. And then Chris was actually playing fullback for first grade. So if you look at it like that, yeah, there was, for most string. of last year and the way he ended, he was third string fullback. Yeah. So he, he's down the pecking order for fullback. I would more than likely expect him to take Kotrick's spot on the wing if it was going to happen. Um, but again, I don't know when he's going to get dropped. It needs to happen. Um, I can see Strange starting at center. 
But then again, you've got players like Hopawadi there too. Um, and then Rapana, Tomoko is definitely going to be there. Chris, well, you would think, probably goes back to whether it's fullback or centre. There's just too many and not enough spots for them all. So is there's Strange be... still the most popular yep. on Supercoach? Yep. 46%? By a fit, 46%, yeah. And I'm most excited about him. Like, if I actually look at yeah. this and I was just going off names and their potential, I have Ethan Strange at the top of that list. But I'm yeah. just cautious because of Chris coming back. Um, and, and Rapana as well. Like, Rapana will always have a spot in that team as long as he's there. He's another one of the Rickies really set and sort of forgets, yeah. I, I guess, personnel. He's, a, he's always he's got a faithful. position. Mm. Yeah. Tomoko's obviously deserves his spot. As you said, Albert Hopawati hasn't put a foot wrong when he has been first grade. So already there's four none, players there that none of get the, the, the yeah. yeah. Like there's a it's annoying. It, like yeah. when you you peel it back, it is actually really yeah. frustrating it's, it's, because there is a lot of quality here. Yeah, it's tricky. It's it's gonna catch a lot of people out. And I, I think even if they do get a name in round one, um it's, it's Ricky Stewart, man. That's not Don't to say that him. you're ever going <laughs> to see those players ever again. That's the problem. So um, I wouldn't dive deep into it, and it does get very appealing looking at the high ownership and the low price, and you think, oh, I'm in the centres and I've got two spots to fill and I've got 500K. Like, where am I going with it? And most likely you're going to go with Strange and Stewart or, you know, someone of the like, and there's a good chance you just don't really see him. But I think out of the works, out of all of those guys for the center wing, for the cheaper ones, it would probably be those two. Um, yes. But then even still, like, Nick Kotrick seems to just always be there. He doesn't do anything at all with his minutes. Um, but he will get you some dreg points turning up every week. Fall from grace. Majorly. A career – he has turned into a career that could have been – like, he was in origin – Looking good, and just went to the dogs, and literally has not been yeah. the, the player he was. And I don't know what has happened outside of footy. Uh, I'm imagining something has unfortunately happened, whatever it could be, and he's just never returned the same player. Like it's one of those situations you just wish the player didn't chase the money and stayed where he was happy, which obviously was Canberra. He had it so good. Mm. Sometimes you just yeah. scratch your head and talking about could have been, league side could have been things. a really good. Could have been a good thing for him. But again, man, if the price went lower than 204, he would be lower than 204. That's the kind yeah. of output you're getting out of him. So, um, yeah, it, it's just going to be, yeah, it's just trial watch really with this with this club. If, if Chevy Stewart looks like he's going to be in there, I would like to think that he could half nail down a spot and keep Chris in the centres with Tomoko. I don't see that being very bad for him in general. Um and then whether or not they keep Kotrick on the wing or if they put Savage on the wing and then on the other side they have Rapana. Um, the only people to miss out would be Hopawati, Kotrick, who's fair and, yeah, strange, which is a hard one because of his ownership so high. But, again, man, it's there's just too many players there to, to look around. So, uh, like, I don't, I don't really see the, um, the discussion around Strange being in the 5-8 toss up i think weeks no. might have that pretty well locked in um uh, but there's another one too you know what i mean if weeks just shits the bed for a while he could come back in for it so yeah 
We didn't think Canberra Raiders would be too exciting, but it has turned out to be quite an exciting subject to talk about, especially this back line. I think we're about to move on and it will quicken up this part of the episode anyway. But just yeah. one final thing on Sevy Stewart. It's currently 31% ownership. Mm. Again, watch the Chris space because we've just warned everyone about that. Like he could get named round one. He could be the one that everyone gets burnt by because everyone will get excited. They'll see bottom dollar, starting fullback, how good. It might be the guy that you get burnt by. But again, like he'll just end up sitting there because I don't if know start how easy him, it's going to be to change from him. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't. It's just everything we'd be spending up on. You're spending up, and he might be that center wing if he plays one game. Ricky, and then just on a super coach podcast, can you just let us know who you're starting, please? Because we need to know. <laughs> it's getting to that stage. Yeah, <laughs> we, help us. I'm sure. I reckon. Has he, has he got kids that play super coach? He has to have, have something like. Oh, I'm gonna fucking message him. This like is the lotto. This is honestly like winning the lotto because one of these guys will be like winning the lotto because it will work. Yep. It just it's one player. One player is going to work out of this. Who is it? Good luck picking. Yeah. If you can pick this and the Roosters forward that works, I will bow down to you because you are absolutely go yeah. go buy one of these two hundred million dollar lottos. You deserve it. Yeah, um, the bullshit right there. Five eight. You spoke about Strange. He's not an option for mine. He's going to be center. Kyo yep. Weeks, 273K, 36% ownership. So another one of these popular cheapy options. He, is, he was in my team to start with. He's currently out of my team because I look more and more at it and I just think Trap there's no points to really back up anything at all, even whether, whether he's a starting player or not. I think Fogarty does majority of the work for the Raiders. I think he'll just be sort of a guy there to sort of hang around the forward, so to speak, sort of be a second fullback in attack, which necessarily isn't a bad thing in a, in a rugby league point of view. Um, I just, I wouldn't be jumping at him. I think there's some other, other options around that sort of price tag that look a bit more appealing and a bit more solid. Yeah, I think so. Um, for the, for the cheap five, eight, you wouldn't play him as a fullback. You wouldn't go that cheap in your fullbacks in general anyway. So it's just a bad, bad idea. But being that the 5'8 position is so thin, um, you would obviously be looking at him as your backup. And I just think it's it's a bad take. And a lot of people don't think it's as much as I do. And I think it's pretty obviously clear that Flanagan is the better pick than him for the cheap 5'8. I King know you Carl. don't agree. I know you don't agree with that. But I think it's just pretty blatant. This guy is going to probably... For like for last season, when people run with Isaiah Katoa and he was like, you know, their their wishful five eight that might you know spur a bit of coin up and you know pick up some value, he was pretty shit for majority of the year, and you couldn't get away from him. And that's exactly what Kyle Weeks is going to be this year. Not to say Flanagan's not going to be any better. I just think he's got a bit more upside because you know Weeks isn't. You're hoping for a thirty, yes. and that was playing in a much better side. I mean, really a lot of it was off the bench and there wasn't yes. a great deal of it. But in the games he started, I think he scored, you know, maybe 25 points. So it's like... I was trying to... Is that what you want? I was trying to look through his scores and he's just... There's nothing that really gets me excited at all. Like, I'm just scrolling, no, going, something no. pop out. <laughs> no, Not at all. It's like, all he has to do is even just make a tackle and there's already <laughs> one-tenth of his total point score to the season. So, like... <laughs> 
It's just not. It's Go not you, a viable good pick. Yeah, get him. Just just that one. You just want him to make one or two <laughs> tackles and not miss any because you're like, fuck, he's he's his career best almost right here. So, um, uh, yeah, I I really don't like to it. Read money. Yeah. <laughs> Make all these tackles but miss half of them. Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. pretty much. Um, I don't think he's even got the the upside to make a tackle. So that's that's the other thing. Um, he had one game where he scored sixty eight points. I don't know what he did. He probably scored four tries <laughs> and missed five tackles. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do it at your own no risk, offense, really. Though. If you, if you just want to bring signing, sorry. Yeah. I said no offense, like NRL point of view, he could be an exciting signing for the Raiders, but he hasn't proved anything yet. For for an NRL point of view, probably, you know, because they got to do something there to that club. But from a super coach perspective, uh-uh. that's halfback. My... Yep. And he's only Jamal Fogarty, 535K. To be honest with you, I was just going to skip over him, but we did have a question coming about him. So 2% ownership. Is he can oh, the question is can Foggy score well being the main man? It just goes back to what I said about the Raiders as a whole. I just don't see them scoring too much points this year. I see them struggling quite a bit this year. That generally reflects on the halfback when it comes to points for Supercoach. They don't really score well um, during the season. I can't see him being viable option even if you're looking at cheapy sort of options apart from the, the main two um that's all i've really got to say on Fogarty. like I, that's all i can answer that question i, I can't see mm. any sort of real upside to him for super coach i don't really see it for nrl fantasy i definitely see it um because different point system and he's going to oh, hang on we don't talk about that <laughs> that's 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 blasphemy here. For what's relevant and what's actually fun and important, um, no, I, I don't really see it. To be honest, I, I still think that he's he's obviously going to have a bigger role at the club now that there's very little to work with and he hasn't got White next to him and he's going to be picking up the slack a lot more. Um, I still feel like you're going to have the ups and downs and it's going to be between the 30s and the 80s most consistently, which is where he'll get that 50 average. So. Um, Again, 500. It's not a bad place to go down cash-wise if you needed to. Um, I don't know if I would probably want to, though. That's that's the thing. Um, I don't actually. I'm just going to quickly check who's around his price at the moment. So he is sandwiched between Luke Keary and Jackson Hastings. Um, I, I'd probably put him on that same level as Hastings, to be honest with you. I think you're getting a very, very similar thing out of him. And I spent a long time talking about it last week, to which you made the point. It's not really what you want to be doing for, for Supercoach. There's no upside and there's no real massive downside, but I just think he's better options. Um, but he will have a I'd much choose him role. out of those three. If that was the choice you had, I'd actually choose yeah. him out of those three. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm um, looking like I'm looking at his back half of last year, like he's run home. And like as you just said, the, the point – there's a game there where he just got a 28 against Newcastle, and that's playing the full 80. Then there's a game like against the Broncos for for anyone, um, 71. So like he's got a, a decent score in him, but that's then there's just like a couple as you said. There's a 30, 30. There's a 60, two 60s. Yep. Like it's just not what I want in that position. Like I can't have that. No, not really. Who's um who kicks for them? It'll be Fogarty now. He'll be their goal kicker as well. Okay. 
that again, uh, we, we made the point the with the Tigers and Caesar. Yeah. That's the thing. You got to score. It's exactly. all good to have you, the goal to get next to your name. <laughs> yeah, but, but it just gives him that little boost. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to score nothing every game. If they score two or three, you know, there's a little bit. It's going to keep him away from that dirt, dirt score. Because you know, again, I, I scored. I sorry, scored ninety-seven last week, and before I even looked, I'm like, it was probably against the Tigers, and it was. So <laughs> you can kind of write that one off too, because you half expect that. But a few good scores, man. A few sixties, pretty well throughout the year. But that's that's kind of it. Like you're going to be pushing for a good score of a sixty, and then a bad score of a thirty. Um. Yeah, it is. It is a bit. I'd rather go the extra 100k or whatever it was going to be for Sam, Sam, Walker. Sam Walker, who we just spoke about. Yeah. Um, exactly. Way more upside. Let's move on. Yeah, second row forward. Top of the pops at 1% ownership. Corey Horsburgh was a machine last year. I just think at 633k, there is some better options around that sort of price tag. Maybe a pod. Um, he's only going to get, I don't know, he's. Now, I'm not going to say he's only going to get better, but the the fact that he's now sort of wanting to establish himself as a Queensland player, that's a team that you, if you are a Queenslander, you really want to be in at the moment. That's looking red hot. Um, so I can see a lot of those forwards like him and um, Hopgood, et cetera, really putting their best foot forward to start the year to, to get that bench sort of spot. Um, I just, I personally can't start with him. Hudson Young, 579K, 2% ownership. I can't touch him. Same with Whitehead. Um, Hosking, the new signing, 511, 1%. It's probably the only one that if I wanted to touch someone in the Raiders forward pack, I might touch him. But again, at the moment, with Whitehead there and Young, there's no guaranteed minutes for him because they're both there starting. And so Hosking will be coming off the bench. And you never know. One week he might get 10 minutes. One week one of them might go down and he'll get 60 minutes. Yeah, Hosking should start, but you can never predict that team, and it's not worth the um the risk of picking a forward out of them. You know, not considering there are other clubs with other forwards that actually going to nail the spot down. Um, Horsburgh's price is a bloody premium now. It's a bit of a shame because he performed quite well last year, but I, I wouldn't spend that much for him. Um, Hudson Young, again, he has a lot of upside, but again, you're not spending 580. It's it's an awkward price bracket in general for the second rowers, I think. You're either going big or you're going 400, so it puts him out of contention. Um, I would like to think that Hosking goes over Whitehead, though, but I just don't see that happening in that team. Um, no, nah, no one really stands out for me, man. Maybe if Hosking gets a run in, I could probably look at there, but for now, I reckon it's just go, go somewhere else. It's just not worth it. Um, but Morgan Smithies, you know, if he gets that lock position, which seems likely. Yes. Um, I've been seeing some posts about, you know, Super League players and oh, it's like actual just fans just talking about him in general and telling telling us NRL supporters what we're in, what we're in for and what to expect out of him. And he seems like workhorse. he's just unbelievable workhorse effort. He is just a grinder. He's going to go out there and just put it all on the line. So um, kind of what they need. Super really. coaches love that. Yeah, it's exactly what you want to hear. Um, Especially at just, 340K, give me yeah, that. Big upside. Um, obviously completely unproven, but he's priced at a 34, and it's not a hard thing to do. You know, if he's got that sort of work rate to him, and they're, they're telling, like, this guy will go out there and literally bleed himself dry because 
he just wants to make tackles. You're like, okay, I, I can get on board with that. It's like a McInnes type, but I don't think he's that beaten up. So, um, but yeah, man, seems like pretty good raps from those guys over there and saying that that's a pretty good coup for the Roosters. Uh, the, sorry, the Raiders. I've got Roosters on the line. Um, to, to actually get him. So if he can get that spot, great value, but unproven, you know, you're taking the risk. So it's just more Raiders to take a risk on, but it's more cashies to look at. I think keep an eye on Pasami, Thulo and Trey Mooney as the season goes on. Um, it once sort of injuries that come to play and, and fatigue, etc. They're a cheaper option. They might come in handy uh, an extra year. Uh, they've, had both had taste of first grade last year and things like that. So uh, as soon as a couple of injuries come to this forward pack, they'll be looking at getting called upon. But that's sort of it for the for the second row for for the Raiders for mine. Um, I don't really feel like there's anything else to, to say on any of those players. Um, front row, someone that you have really looked at, and I know very early on you had him in your team and you, mm. you, you liked the upside to him, uh, Joseph Tarpanay. Yeah, 8% ownership. So you obviously got around to your friends and family and just encourage them to get on. So well done. Uh, that, that's where the 8% is coming, coming from. You don't see it? 60, 64 average, 656K. I'm not seeing it. I just can't make it work for my team. That's the uh, part of it. I think yeah, he works he's well. He's a great super coach option. Yeah. As we go on, I just can't start. I can't make that work for my team. Yeah, I, I suppose when you, you start off, you know, and you put Payne Haas in your team, you can definitely make it work because he's 100K less. Um, great points per minute. You're looking 1.2, 1.3, and um, not even off his best season too. Like, you can go back and look at the 22s. Well, it was a 1.3 pretty consistently as well. So he, he's going to just do that. I reckon he's going to just keep churning those numbers out. Um, but I like Tarpany, man. I think you're pretty well guaranteed that 65, 70 points out of him. Um, Again, it doesn't really matter that he doesn't play huge minutes in comparison to your Horsburgh and stuff. Like he'll he'll go out there and play 45, 50 minutes and score 70, 80 points. And it's all in base, which is just ridiculous. So um, if you're one of the one of the coaches out there that has a pretty stacked front row or at least a gun like a Payne Haas um, or a Tino or something like that, and you're just looking to go Still heavy in the front rows, but you want to try and pull some of that cash back out. I think he's a fair cash down option from them. Um, I probably am leaning more towards the the sub 500s for both uh, to start with. And I, I just can't seem to find the extra 150 for a front rower at the moment who really only has about pretty much his price in points. You know, like for 650, there's just too much value outside of that that has a higher ceiling than Tarpany does. Um, but you know, everyone's got a different way of playing. And if you want to go hard and the consistent score, you're definitely going to get consistent out of him um, with with a decent amount of upside. So, um, yeah, I, I like the pick, but I'm not going to be doing it personally. No, I understand that point of view, and I, I definitely respect that play. Um, if you yeah. don't want to start with one of the big guns and you currently have a mini team, you just think, oh, I need to free up that extra 100K to get one of those gun fullbacks in or something, then I can definitely understand doing that. The rest of the front rowers don't really do anything for me. Again, Adam Mariotta, um, he is a player. And again, I just want to wait and see, see what happens with this forward pack, see what happens. 
he's a very quality. He's a player that can do some damage. Young still and averaging already a point per minute, which, as I said before, is quite handy, especially when you're coming in at that two sort of 250 price range. Just wait and see. Another player that's a wait and see option for, for the Raiders. Seem to have a fair few of those this year. Um, but that's just I, they're a side that has a, a decent amount of experience already in this side um, for these forwards and stuff, which I feel like we've got almost concrete. Um, on these jerseys and will play and start this year. I think Ricky will go for that option of having those steady players who will just grind for him. He likes that rate for the Raiders style. And that's what he'll get with someone like Papali'i, Tarpane, Gula, even Gula, he's just been a toiler. Um, mm. Then some of those like Whitehead and the et cetera, they, he knows what they're going to do and they'll do that week in, week out. I'm very, very excited about some of these youngsters. Would I go as far as saying I'd play some of these ahead of some of these um, really experienced guys? Not at the moment. But if their season's not going the way I'm anticipating it to go, by halfway through the year, I would not be surprised if Ricky Short starts playing some of these younger guys longer than he probably would have wanted to at the start of the year. And that's when I feel like some of these could become some options. So that's what I'm saying when when I say wait and see. Yeah, there is a lot of wait and see. Um, Pasami Solo did a pretty good job last year, actually. Um, I'd like to see him yeah. get a bit more of a run this season, which would be nice. And so did Emery Gula, very just you know, go out there and do a shift and put the work in. So I just think, yeah, between like Josh Papali and, and Tarpany, it's very hard to sort of break into that. But I just see Papali probably slowing down a little bit more this year and getting getting a bit more of the other guys you know, brought into the action. So, um, yeah, nothing flash flash there. Um, um, the hookers, hookers, a Canberra hooker. Jesus. Goodness me, don't we um, Take your pick. get ourselves into a tangle when we get to this? A Canberra hooker. I don't want to say too much about this because I actually have absolutely no idea how Ricky will go with this and who will start, who will be on the bench and who will miss out because I feel like all three just haven't grabbed the jersey. All three have had a chance to do so, um, whether it's preseason to impress or, or whatever. I just feel like the number nine jersey this year for the Raiders is really is ridiculously up for grabs, and it's just about whoever whoever wants it, get it. Yeah, show us what you can um, do. But they won't be playing big minutes because it'll it'll yeah. be split shifts. Yeah, no, it's um much like all Canberra hookers, cheap and nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's your way, your turn this week. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, if I if I was Ricky and I looked down at the the stocks to choose from, I'd just go home empty-handed with my cash in my wallet. <laughs> to be fair, um, even at two hundred and thirty-eight k, probably you know you think Danny Levi is the most likely for it. I don't, I don't know what he does. He can't do any worse than what he's priced at, but I just don't think any of them are a viable option. I just don't think either of the three will nail down a consistent spot throughout the year. Um, not enough to, to warrant having in your team. I don't know what Tom Starling has to do to – I really don't know what he's got to do to get a run in that club. I just There's rumours. I'm not going to go there and say that in a public forum, but there is some rumours about some things. But anyway, well, let's not talk about that. Uh, let's talk about Supercoach. Yeah. Um, we can only look at where they're playing currently right now, I suppose, and if that's yeah. going to be a thing, if that's what, you know. 
I don't know, man. I, I just don't think there's an option here for anyone to pick. And I think if you're trying to find cash down options anywhere else, um, maybe look at the Parramatta hookers who are actually going to play um, half-decent footy. So, or one of them. Or you Braley. get a choice between a Canberra hooker or a Parramatta hooker, I don't think you're having a great night. So No, um, so you've also not a, not a great got, you got the Newcastle hookers too. So <laughs> Bottom of the barrel. I'll probably choose a Newcastle. <laughs> yes. Uh, on that note, um, I think it's one of the first times I'd be happy to finish early with a Canberra hooker. So uh, let's move on with, with the Canberra side of things. Manly Seagulls, our final one for, for this show. Uh, we have one more after, after this, and that's we've got to get that in next week before the trials start, actually, but that's another topic. Um, Lachlan Croker, 1%. Ooh, much nicer oh, hang on. Manly to compare, but. First five games for me, I've got onto it early. I've got onto it early. South Sydney, that's obviously out in Vegas. Um, I can't wait. God, I'm jealous I'm not there, but anyway. Roosters next, Parramatta, Dragons, Penrith. Tell you what, not kind. Not no. kind at all, especially if you're hoping players like Turbo can kick it to start off with and hit the ground running. I don't know if that's the this draw you're ideally wanting him to start with. So well, it doesn't. That's the thing. Like a bit. after round five, it doesn't really get much, much better. They play the Warriors. They play the Titans, and they play Parramatta again. Yeah, I hate that. Don't start me on that because that is a completely another topic that I could go off on. They should have every team play each other once first, and then go into playing. Team second, like I think that is an absolute joke, and that needs to be fixed. For yeah, it definitely does bit too. Quality, and like a bit, bit of fairness. What what's the deal with that? You know, I mean, like it doesn't really need to happen. Um, they get quite a, a a nice run very late in the year, but it's it, it could be you know a little bit too late to look at. So, um, it isn't a nice run at all, um, especially not for their attacking options. But I think defensively they could be okay. But Lock and Croker is not what you want. Um, a bit boring. A bit just bread Manly and butter. hookers. Oh, look. You can, That's something you can talk could quite talk highly of them. You can. They've, had some, you, you, they've you. had some in the past. There's been some good hookers through Manly. <laughs> they have. Um, Lachlan <laughs> Croker for mine is not an option, but there is one option here. Gordon, yeah, Gordon. Chen Kum Tung. Tong. Uh, honestly, that is a, I say that a few Chan times. Chan Tong. Uh, there you go. Said CKT. Already 238K. I will say this now, and I say always touch wood. Lachlan Croker, four super coaches out there, have a rest. Go on a – you deserve a holiday. Go rest your body this year and just chill out. You honestly deserve it. He does. You don't need to push yourself this year. Yeah. Let Gordon do the hard work. Let him come into it. Let him become an 80-minute hooker and just let him do the work. Let him take all your job. <laughs> let him yeah, take your like, job. That's all right. Yeah, you know, you know, Croker's the kind of guy that you look at and I reckon he doesn't complain about it either. I reckon he no, just goes, He deserves no, no, a rest. His body will I'm be just sore. fine. Yeah, I'm all good for that. I'm, I'm a bit beaten now. I've copped a few hits. Um, yeah, give it to Gordon. What an exciting little player this guy is. Oh. I'm excited by him. I need him to get some minutes because yeah. he's definitely an option. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think he could be, potentially. Um, obviously, it's a bit risky. 4% ownership is quite high, but again, 238, obviously, they're just trying to find the cash, and it's nothing you want. But again, at some point, your hook is going to have a buy, um, and you are not going to have one, so something to consider. Um, but yeah, one for the future, man, definitely. And uh, I'm, I not, I'm not even going to talk about Carl Lawton. I'm so off Carl Lawton. No, no thanks. No, I'm, no not, thanks. I'm not for that. The prop forward, um, and finally, one of the locks, Jake Dubojevic, named... Oh, he does have the jewel, so they've covered their bases. That, that should be that's all why. locks. That's why, all locks of course. Should have jewel. They should. <laughs> um, Paseca, 1%. No thank you at 555k. Yeah, Jake Dubojevic, 545k, 3%. He was relevant in the past. I just don't think he, he is as much anymore. Uh, especially with, as we've already said, there's that much mid-tier options out there for, especially the second row side of things. Uh, I'm not. Tafoa uh, Sipley, I never really said his proper name. I just said Toa Sipley normally. Uh, that felt weird. I had to double-check that a few times there. Yeah. 0% ownership, 531K, understandable. Bullymore was a sort of a guy that floated in and out of a fair few teams I've seen last year. 1% 431 mm. was able to do a job here and there. Um, also in the second row, but again, I'm not interested. not interested in any of their forward, front row forwards. Traditionally not up. really. No, they're a bit bit of just toilers. Um, Paseca and Sipley, I remember last year, they actually both had pretty decent little price points to come in at. Um, they weren't a bad option, to be honest with you, yeah. but they are priced up now. So we kind of missed that. Um, but you know, you're talking both like mid 300s, mid 400s, which is kind of where, you know, so that's, that's actually a good comparison to make too. If you're trying to build your front rowers and you're looking for value, these guys where they're priced now is that bit too far out of it, but where they were last season is where you can find some good value at the moment. Um, and this is what they'll do. You know I mean? This is where you see them come in 50, 55 plus if they have a good year. And then obviously they just sort of price themselves out of contention and then you just start again looking at the next mid-400, mid-300. Um, but no one in mind to be an option anymore. Um, poor Jake Turbo is just going to go out there and get <laughs> flogged again. But at least he's dual. So Dashing 3% ownership. Still the poor boy. <laughs> Basically. Just meat and potatoes. Um, second row forward, yeah. the premium to talk about. Um, Hamalo Olakawatu. 6% ownership, 699.8. Just make him 700, please, guys. Um, 68.5 average last year. Yeah, weapon, but not a good run. So yeah. what do you do with that? I'll tell you what I, I do with that. Point. Personally, you look at him, I, I compare him a lot of the time. You know, I compare him, not, you know, put him with, but I compare him a lot um, price point-wise with Nakora. Um, yeah. for output points and just you know similarities in general. And he's obviously got a much nicer run for the price that they both come in at right next to each other. So unfortunately, that's, that's one thing that would turn me off him. But um, I think he's a pretty viable pick in general if you think he's, he's a bit fixture-proof. And it just depends on how manly look with, with the fit turbo, I would say. Yeah. Um, you just want it to, to go down his side a bit more, though. So, um, you know, because that's okay. the thing. There's not a great deal of talent in the forward packs for that sort of attacking outlet besides him at all. Yeah, actually. no, th th there isn't. There's there's nothing else there. Because, 
We don't know what's all happening. Their attacks done. Yeah, yeah. All their attacks done through Turbo and Cherry Evans and Garrick. So um, all the other forwards just need to do is just to be a forward. But at least this gives you a, an avenue to to actually, you know, channel some attack through, which is really nice for him. Um, whether or not you want to spend up 700, I, I just don't know. He was around the same price last season too, and it wasn't too bad for him. But again, it was, wasn't massive upside games. It was just a lot of consistent 60s, 70s, um, up to 80. Besides the very last game where he scored 177, that probably didn't really do us any favours for his average. But that was the, the game, remember, Cooler went nuts too. Cherry Evans went ballistic. They just tore shreds in that last game um and anyone that had him because that's the thing man anyone that had trades left over at the end of last season and brought in manly against the tigers climbed up the rankings like you wouldn't believe um and it was just on the back of not me guys. yeah i done left i didn't have trades for the last i think five weeks so thanks guys don't that's don't follow me on supercoach there you go there's one <laughs> thing to improve on no, I was like two weeks out, and then I thought, I, I should have a good run here. And then, yeah, all it took was that freaking game. One of them, just one of those players would have been a, unbelievable. But um, does it have top five? Killer. I know. It's all it took. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, just a lot of consistent 60 to, to 80. And that's not bad, but it's, again, you're paying 700K for it. Like, you want that massive upside. Um, probably not for me for that reason. Last, uh, second last one I want to talk for the second row was Josh Schuster. I just mentioned 460k, 3% ownership at the moment. He is once again somehow just had a preseason of hell. We've recently found out chicken pox, finger injury. But there was another injury of a strain of mind something. On. Yeah, it was yeah, some something like a muscle just, injury. I don't know what it is, but he just no. can't seem to get it all together. And that's the concern for mine. And especially 460, even it's not a lot, but it's for mine, it's just too much for a Josh Schuster where we're just unsure of what we're going to get from him. So yeah. I'm just not. I'm I not had a there. lot of, I was holding some pretty high hopes for him too this season because we knew that coming into it at the moment, he looks like a doubt for, I don't know how long. Maybe he might be back early days for the beginning of the year. He could, he could be chicken pox and a and a finger injury. You'd think he probably would be, um, but again, like chicken pox. I've not fuck? heard about chicken pox for <laughs> shit, ages. Man. So I didn't even you didn't get that shit when you were a kid. What the fuck? These manly kids, man, they're a bit too sheltered to get chicken pox as children. So, <laughs> um, he was going back into the second row, and if you just go off his one season that he's played in the second rows, he scored over. I think he averaged somewhere in the 60s. It was really decent. Um, and if that was going to be where he was going to get back into at a 460K price point, you're thinking immediately there's upside there. But again, it doesn't last. Um, not with him. It only takes him not even a trial game to do injuries so or get chicken pox. But yeah, <laughs> I, I did ponder the idea that maybe he might become an option and it didn't last very long. So um, that's all that we can say about Schuster. But yeah, he's lost his 5-8 jewel. Um, that was kind of half his ownership last year. and Wasn't a very good 5-8, so deserves to lose yeah. it. Um, no, thanks. No, thank you. Finally, Burbo. Ben Trebojevic, 277K. Yeah. And we always seem to talk about him, Supergoach, the last three years, I think it's been. And it always seems to go 
this is his year. Like, we're going to make some money off him. Yeah. Again, if Schuster isn't there, um, I've been told he will have the spot while, whenever Schuster is out. And who knows, mm. he, he's been having a, a big preseason for more reports. I've heard that too. Uh, 14% ownership. I just, I don't mind it. Yeah. In it's the sense of center wing option. Definitely. If you can get that that sort of game time. Like if that's round one comes along team list and he's there starting second rower, oh, I'll actually have him in, have him in. Even if it mean even if yeah. I know it's because Schuster's not there, I'll still have him because I know that means he's thereabouts and it's not he's gonna be pushing Schuster along all year. And I have more faith in Ben Trebojevic than I do Schuster turning up each week. Um I suppose, yeah, I reckon he's probably going to – he's going to oh, – I can't even say he's going to turn up more than Schuster because that's his problem as well. He's more injury-prone than Tommy. Um, again, he's so cheap that you kind of can just get away with it. But it, it wouldn't surprise me he goes out there and it's three minutes in and he's injured. He's knocked out. He's pulled a hamstring. He's broken his collarbone. Who knows what he can do, man. It's just anything that can happen to someone can happen to him. But – that's that's the only sort of downside I see out of it because he goes into the second row and he's playing at two seventy seven. Like there isn't anyone else like that um, at the moment that we know of yet. Anyway, because he could probably do all he has to do is anything, anything over a thirty thirty five points, and you're going to be making something. And I'd be pretty happy to flip him for a hundred plus, hundred and fifty. Obviously, yeah, you want a lot more definitely. out of him, but if that's just a quick you know in and out kind of thing, it's it's fine. Um, but there's not huge upside there, but the dual flexibility is very handy for his price. And, yeah, I, I heard he was actually really good um, playing these games and, you know, training in the second row and stuff. So maybe, you know, maybe he comes through. But um, 40%, if he does get that spot, um, I think the hesitancy might still be there, just about how long he'll last yeah. um, playing a game before he gets injured. But uh, I can see it going up. I'll say now. public. If he starts round one, 14% will double to yeah. 28%, I think. Yeah, for sure. If it's a I think even though spot, they'll, um, there'll be hesitancy, but there'll be a lot of people getting on. There's just there's too much upside to really worry about it. Um, you don't really want to get left behind on that. Again, you've got a couple of weeks to do that, so you can afford to let him run if he's going to be the second rower or if Schuster's going to be playing and you don't have him. And then you think, okay, look, he has played two games now at second row and he's break evens quite negative. I can cash out of one of my other centers, get him in for a price hike and then go somewhere else with it. So you don't have to start with him. You know what I mean? It's not necessary if you plan on selling down to get someone with a good break even. And it just depends. Um, depends on how long Schuster takes to get back into it. If he's going to not, obviously he could probably start with it. Um, I just feel like, I just feel like they'd have, they'd have other options than Ben Turbo to be their fill-in second rower. Like you got Corey Waddell, that could probably do it. Um, Bullimore, yeah, but he, you know what I mean? He, but, he doesn't have. They don't have brothers that are very powerful and manly. And I'm not saying that, that is the reason. Just Ben's to, getting you reckon good. it's just to I'm get not, the turbos, like all, like triple. Oh, I think turbos. the turbos have a special place in manly, and and rightly so. Yeah. And the, the thing is. Manly. But it's not for Ben. You did mention a key point where, like, his fitness hasn't always been there for for Ben. I just think 
from an NRL point of view plus a super coach point of view, I'm just waiting because I know if he can get it right for a season, let's say it's this season hypothetically, I can see a price rise of at least 300000 for him if he can get it right and stay on the mm-hmm. field. That yep. would be amazing. Like he'd be one of those players you almost just hold and just go, yep, sweet, done. And on a, from an NRL point of view, I can see him really establishing himself as a first-grade footballer. We just keep waiting for it. I feel like, as I said at the start, it feels like it's been two to three years now where we've said the same thing about him year in, year out. We just haven't got there and he's stayed at this sort of price range. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it does happen. I want to be there and want to be on him for when it does happen. That's the thing that keeps getting me in. And I think with Jake there, with Tom there, I know what's not the reason why he's getting picked. He's getting picked on his own merit. But it definitely helps having some brothers high up in clubs. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. If he didn't have the last name Travojevic, do you really think he would be pushing for it as much as he is currently? You know, not to disrespect and they're also him. Probably so obviously, he's pushing. worked himself into that position for a reason, and there's been players that haven't with bigger surnames, with Johns's and the like. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just a name thing. But um, he just needs to just, oh, I don't know, you need to not get injured. Like, you try and say that to someone... It's impossible um, sometimes. You can't avoid it. But uh, fingers crossed for him that he does do better this season because, yeah, he has got potential to, to go up a lot in cash and have a good year for himself finally, you know, string a, string a good year together and might actually make something for himself instead of just being the younger brother, you know what I mean? I'm sure he wants that more than anyone. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, moving on to the halfback role, and I think we can just talk about halfback 5-8 together because – the only 5-8 option is Luke Brooks, who you can get at halfback. Cherry Evans, 2% ownership, 782K. We sort of mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking like he might be the option when it's not Nico Hines or Cleary, but the more I think about it, I think it's he's not the next best option. We've already spoken to someone on this episode who we think is, and I'd even probably argue, especially with the draw, Moses is a better option than Cherry mm-hmm. Evans. I think that sort of has hindered cherry evans a little bit so i think he's down to about maybe fifth for mine um where look as an eighth draftee i'd probably still won't get him <laughs> but we um yeah i don't i don't think for mine cherry evans isn't an option especially that price range like for mine if yeah, i think about it for a fifth, too much fifth choice option i don't want to be spending 782k on a fifth choice Halfback option. Yeah, besides, I just went back and had a look at his scores previously too. And besides that 21 year that you can't really count too much, um, there's a lot of 65 averages in there barring last season, which to be fair, has been one of his best years for a long time. Um, And his two best seasons ever really have been off the back of really good turbo seasons as well. So um, if that can continue, I can see it. But again, where is priced at? You sort of just go, is it just worth getting the little bit extra and going up to Cleary from yes from Cherry Evans there? And the answer is yeah, every day kind of thing. So um, he will have those games, obviously, where he'll have a better score than Nathan Cleary for one or two here and there. But overall, it's pretty drastic at the end of the season, you know, where the points are scored. But he's a great option. I just think, you know, it's just a little bit, little bit too much to push him off the, off the top, top two. So, 
Yeah. I don't know. Their fixture run doesn't really help it either. Like, if they had a much better run, because obviously the Sharks do, and Nico Hines pretty well, we've discussed, is a guaranteed lock for that reason. Cleary doesn't have the best run with the Panthers, but I would say that Manly's probably worse for them as a club, in, as a, like an individual club point with their level compared to what Penrith are going to do to anyone else. Um, I still feel like Cleary scores more than him, even with a comparable run, um, which isn't ideal for oh, anyone. Definitely. But yeah, so if the run was much better, if it was like Sharks level or Eels level, I'd, I'd put up half an argument for it. And just to say, you know, Turbo's going to be fit firing. You want to start off with it pretty hot. Obviously, Cherry Evans benefits every single time. Um, Turbo's going for it too. Um, but it's not the case. And I just feel like you're going to see a fair few average games to begin with. Um, it's funny as well you mentioned his seasons are better for a Supercoach point of view when Turbo is actually there playing because when I think about it, like you almost in a way think he'd step up and hold more points when Turbo wasn't there and he'd just be the main guy. But I understand why when you think about it and peel it back a bit because they just bounce off each other. Like yeah. he sets up the line break assist or the try assist for Turbo. There's often times where Turbo will break through the line and it's back on the inside to Cherry Evans. Like you just have that picture so many times. Oh, it's great to see. Especially a and then he's under the post. So it does make a lot more sense. And look, if Turbo starts to become fit uh, this year and he looks like the, the player of old, which is obviously a big ask because he was a freak, but hopefully he can get to at least the 90% mould of, of that player. Mm. Who knows? Maybe... After Origin, when Cherry Evans seems to go on his runs a little bit more when it comes to points, you're looking then and thinking about him as an option and you're looking at overall results. You're thinking, I just need to get someone who's going to be that point of difference for me, who gets me that extra couple of points. I'll take the gamble. He's generally that's when he comes into the super coach side of things, I feel. I don't think as the 2% shows, he's not very much a, a start player and, and ride through with him because Origin you've got to contend with you got to contend with what Turbo is going to be like. There's just so many question marks where I feel like in the half-hack position when there is your clearage, your, your um, hinds, you don't want the question marks around these players. You want to have maximum one probably question mark and you just want to go, all right, these are my sets and forgets, let's go. Yeah, I think that's the case too and it's definitely not for him. Um, I just had a quick look forward. I was a little bit curious about how – like when their buy comes in and just what's around it. Because obviously you do have Origin and this can go for Turbo and, you know, those guys too, anyone that's going to be picked for it. Um, so we know that their first five, you know, you're playing pretty much four of the best teams, barring obviously the Dragons in the middle there should win that comfortably. Um, they got the Warriors, Titans, Eels again. And then round nine, they got Raiders, Dolphins, and then Broncos 11. So that's round 11. Melbourne in round 12, buy in round 13. Panthers round 14. So that little stretch there from the Broncos in 11 through to Melbourne in 12, a bye, and then the Panthers, and then you're talking origin. That's tough. There's a good chance that you just do not want to touch any of them come the middle of the season. Like you might, it might be worth it you have to start with a couple and get a, get a couple months run out of them before any of that happens, but there really isn't because the fixtures aren't amazing for it. Really, where I see their value is, you know, the very back end, like after Origin. Like, that's kind of where – and, like, you saw it last season too. Shit, anyone that had those guys in the last game fucking cleaned the, 
cleaned up big time because they just went crazy. And it could be another situation again this year where it's going to be one of those um, after origin kind of things where they, they could probably string together a fair few games, but it's a, it's a long way away. Um, and you're just kind of relying on turbo to be fit that long into the season. Um, and that's, that's kind of where yeah. it left off really. Yeah. Cause I, I realistically, um, now that I've seen that, I, I'm not really considering any manly players up until probably round maybe 20. That helps me move on, segue into the next one because Luke Brooks, 560k, 8% ownership. We've already sort of touched on Luke Brooks, I, I believe, a few weeks ago, and I can't believe it's 8%. I think 8% is 7% too many. Like, yes. I'll go out that far. Like, for me personally, and, and you can agree or disagree afterwards, but. The people that are talking about him saying, oh, he averages at the Tigers, there's upside, he's going to a better team, there's Turbo, there's Cherry Evans and stuff. That's one of his downfalls. There is Turbo, there's Cherry Evans. He's third string there. And if Cam Chung Tong comes into it, um, he's also a great running dummy half. He has that ability. That could take away some of uh, Brooks's real arsenal as well of being a sort of a running 5'8", who has that sort of attacking upside and at the Tigers, even though he was always getting bashed by by fans and, and uh, the media, he was still their go-to guy on the field. So he was getting extra points because of that. He's not the go-to guy in, in Manly. He won't be the, the go-to guy at Manly. It will take two of their best players to become their go-to guy. And that, if that does happen, we all know what happens to Manly. If, if that was to happen with Cherry Evans and Turbo to go down, you write the season off. There is no way in the world yeah. Manly would come out and win any sort of games. That would be heartbreaking for Manly. So whether he'd be then become the main guy, he wouldn't pull many points because Manly would just be lost. I, I don't see I, – I can't really see the, the push for the Brooks movement, to be fair, man. Um, I have seen a bit of it too, and it's, it's unusual too because it was 300? the Tigers yeah. – It was 300, sure. Five sixty is a lot of money for what you're paying for. Yeah, for for literally all this uncertainty too. Like he's he's been this shit side for so long as their main man, which hasn't doesn't really speak you know too much in the volume sort of thing for him. But again, it's a fresh start. Um, how much of a role he gets next to Cherry Evans and Turbo doing all the work? Because that's you know you saw it in the the point stat for the forwards. No one does anything else as far as that goes besides those two. Three throw Garrick in there as well. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of it for it. Um, they haven't really had a, any. Well, even when Foran was there, they weren't really scoring too much points through him. So fantasy wise, anyway, for Super Coach, he wasn't very relevant. So um, I can't see Brooks being that guy for him, but people can. No, I'm just I'm just not seeing what the argument is for him because yeah, it's just. There's just too much going on outside of him to worry about it. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> the headphones got caught. It's late night. I know. Night. Yeah, we're cooking. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I don't know what to say, to be honest, about the Luke Brooks thing. It could go one of two ways. He could just be an average. He could actually go backwards in his point scoring um, because he has less to do himself. Um you know, for that Tigers team, everything had to really try and go through him because he was their guy, but he's not even going to be close to that guy anymore. So whether that takes the pressure off him and allows him to just run the ball a little more and have a bit more freedom, he might pick up some points here and there. 
Um, but I, I just don't see his importance being super high in that club compared to how it was at the Tigers. No, I agree. And that's not taken away, I think, from an NRL point of view. He's a fantastic signing for Manly, and I think it's exactly what he needs yeah. moving forward, a fresh start, and I think it's great for Manly to have that backup. And he's obviously going to be – it's hard to say serving an apprenticeship because he's so experienced, but he will be the one that takes over Cherry Evans when he does retire. And I think that's what the plan is in place there, to, to understand the systems for a year or two and then go into that seven role. So I love that from a point of view. I just can't see – 8% super coach. Um, center wings, the premium guy, and we did mention there's other premium guys who we prefer over Manu. For mine, if Garrick is actually a center, he's not one of those guys I was talking about. Uh, at 722K, 10% ownership, you'd think at center, oh, okay, he must must be doing more work or something. That's, that's good. I'd prefer him at wing. To, for me to choose mm. him, I want him to be on the wing. Especially if Turbo's fit, because we know how good they can link up and what they can do. I don't really yeah. like him at center. No, I didn't really think he did too bad at center. Um, obviously, he's got he a bit more of that upside. At, yeah, that's the thing. He's obviously got that upside on the wing, and that's kind of how you want him to be. But, um, man, he had a monster game at center. He scored three tries and got an assist. I'm pretty sure. Oh, fuck. Three tries, three tries, sis. In his one game, it's oh, oh he played he played a handful what of did games. He get 170 or something. Yeah. Yeah, he got <laughs> yeah, three tries, a try right. saver. Holy shit. I'm making three tries, sis. A line break. Him at center, deadly. But again, he backed it up the next game with absolute piss all. Like there you go. Really, I'm back. Really shit. I'm um, back, bitches. So, yeah, and it was against the Eels. So he went from scoring 169 to scoring 100. Uh, scoring sorry, points sorry. against us. 26. How do you do that? Don't mess with us. 169. Don't come to the – don't come into Para thinking you're going to go and get 170 supercoach <laughs> points against us. We'll put you on your ass. Yeah. You don't score points against Para. <laughs> no chance, mate. Um, um, but, yeah, either way, I think no matter where you put him, he's going to do a good job for you. That's that's kind of the point with him. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't be against someone starting with him being their, their premium center yeah. wing that they choose. Like, there's definitely upside. He's yeah. goal-kicking in that. and Yeah. Um, I, I still think for that price, I would prefer too much. Holmes. Yes. For the same reason. He kicks their runs a lot nicer. Um, yeah. You know, take your pick. But, yeah, his ownership 10%, it's very high for a 722 center, considering how thin it is to get that sort of cash spread around. 10% is fucking crazy. Um, so good on you if you've got, you know, that much coin to spend on him. Um, but, I'd like to see the balance of some of their teams. Yeah. yeah no bench. They're That's curious. the thing. Just no bench. The other thing um, quickly with Garrick, and this is a good point to make, uh, especially for those newcomers to Supercoach, he is dual. Do not ever pick someone like that at fullback. Always have him at centre. It is, it is just the fundamentals of super coach. Yes. Even fullbacks. Whenever you can have a fullback that you can pick at centre wing, pick him at centre wing. Free keep freeing free up yeah. fullback as much as you can to have fullbacks in. Of course, and free yeah. up your super coach team to have as many fullbacks as you can. 
basically. You've got seven center wing spots to fill, and as soon as you can fill them, you know, you're better off with it. And, you know, considering fullback traditionally is your highest scoring, you don't really want to be putting a winger or a center, an actual position center or winger, in your fullback spot yeah. um, to take the rest. So, yeah, handy little one for the new, the new players out there um, that are trying to plug a hole. If they've got center and they're a fullback, play them at center. Cooler. I uh, obviously I think he's priced a bit more up after those that that final little run that he had that big game. Um, Five eighty one k. I just can't touch him. Move him to fullback if Turbo goes down once more. I'm talking about him. Oh, I will be that first that time that happens in our episode. I'll probably enter the show and say, do whatever you can to make sure Cooler's in your team. But yeah, for now, yeah. staying back at center. I just no thank you. Sub. No, thank you. Jackson no. Paulo, no, Maybe. thank you. Tu Pilotu, no. no, thank you. Well, Tu Pilotu looks like he's on the way out, and I, it looks like Paulo's on the way in. So, um, 476 is a bit I've pricey, got to hope but it's someone else. You want to hope it's someone else? Yes. Vega. No. Nah, who is it? I want Tommy Talao in. Tommy Talao? I want the Jess Surges effect to take full oh. effect. Him to go to a level. I think Tommy Tleo is a decent young talent player. He's still yeah. quite young as well. Yeah, he is. I think yeah. he'll feed off the mainly again that Luke we talked about it with Luke Brooks. He'll feed off players like Cherry Evans and Turbo basically just put him in holes, just saying, run your lines, we will get you the ball when you need it. I would love him at 287k. Mm. I'm not going to say anything yet, but wait till team reveals on Thursday. I haven't even told you yet, but just just oh. keep an eye on it. Just keep an eye on things because here we go. Jackson Paulo from mine hasn't shown much, and he's been been around now for a little bit, a few different clubs the last couple of years. Again, he's one of those players where I think at 476k from a super coach point of view, if he was going to do anything by now, he would have established himself at one of those clubs that he was at, where it felt like those sides couldn't get rid of him. Um, quick enough, yeah. whether that was salary cap reasons or whatever. But if he was going to be a quality player, they would have tried to find a way to make it make him stay. But I just feel like Teller has a bit more upside, a bit more promise, um, especially for the price. And someone, so much yeah, cheaper. and someone that Manda can work with for for a couple of years to come. And I hope it's that. So yeah, fingers crossed. Almost two hundred k less, man. Fingers. It's it's much more appealing. Um, you hearing about Brad Parker moving to the forwards? Yes, that is the rumor. Um, I'm guessing it'll probably be like it won't start on an edge, like unless I don't want to talk too much about rugby league, but that's when it comes back to Schuster and you start scratching your head, thinking there must be some stuff going on in that club at the moment and behind the scenes talk with Schuster and that being not rosy that relationship or something because you would not be going out there saying Brad Parker's becoming an edge forward. If mm. there was no need for it, because we just spoke about Ben Draboyevich, there's other play like Bullymore and that that can do a job there as well. Like that feels like it overcrowds the the market there all of a sudden. Where if it's for Schuster's getting shopped around or whatever, we know there's continually denials about that. But there has to be something going on there. As just a rugby league fan, that's yeah. just getting murky. Yeah, it also opens up a few doors as well to you know less center depth if that's the case, and then Talau mm. can get a get a push oh. in there, which is you know, you know, stakes the case a little bit more too. So, 
Um, but then it also puts a point for Parker as well. If he's going to get a forward position, it's not bad for 330. It's an out-of-position play. So, you know, it makes two, potentially three plays a bit more appealing. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, I don't know how that one's going to go down, to be honest with you. So I was just hearing about it a bit. I've, I've been seeing a couple of things here and there about Parker going into the forwards, and I thought, mm, it's, it's a different one. But we'll definitely a watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for sure because, yeah, it can make – can make um, Talau look like a decent little option. I would love to continue to talk to you into the night, but I know just again, guys, peel back the curtain. We're started late once again, and it's almost edging on midnight for New South Wales. Unlucky for Jesse. Uh, right. So we do have Tom Javojevic to, to talk about. So I want to move on to him because that's obviously a little bit of a chat to have. Mm. The main chat, obviously, though, to have when it comes to Tom Javojevic is the big if about his fitness. I've it's already said, like, yeah, and we spoke, we touched on it with Cherry Evans, so we've sort of already covered it a bit. I didn't like last year that he came back and he just, there was chances of taking off and being how he could be, and he just wasn't doing it. He clearly wasn't fit and he was still playing. I don't want to see that. If he's not fit and he can't take off, I don't want to see him back in the game yet. I want to see him back in the game when he can play properly. Yeah. He looked very lethargic last season. Yeah, um, just, he, he looked like he had lost so much pace. Like he was just, he just didn't have it. I mean, it was pretty obvious too, actually. And it, I had him, obviously he started so low too, because he come off that last season, which wasn't very good. But um, again, everything's injury related with him. So it's, it's a hard one too. Like I, I can never imagine a fully fit turbo besides the 21 season. Um, which you saw, you know, you're talking 143 average. But again, that was still a broken year as well. So I don't think it's happened. A, a full season that's, that's gone straight hot. through. That's hot. 143 average. Oh. Isn't that just ridiculous? Oh. If we can get even close Talk to about... that. I know. It's nuts. Man. But that's, that's the dream. That's to, the dream. To make Everything. a week. Yeah. He's... If anyone's going to have more upside, I, I'd like to see it. There's, as far as it goes, he's got to be the best player. Like, uh, it looks like Ponga can do a pretty good job of it now, but even still, on, a, on his day, a fit turbo is the most dangerous super coach player in the comp. Yeah. Because he can just do that and himself. I'll... He'll just do it himself. Yeah. He'll just get it, and then all of a sudden, one run's turned into 50 points. And he'll do that a couple times, and you're like, shit. It's just... He's his own worst enemy, man. That's that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and the annoying thing is, like, oh, it's not annoying, but I can make arguments. It's currently at ten percent ownership. I could make arguments for or against it being larger than that or lower than that. Mm. The, the the argument for is we know how good he can be, as you just said. Some of the the points that he can get, and even last year he did actually get some decent scores playing on one leg, which is. Which yeah. is a scary thought. Well, he averaged um, eighty-one. He could. He's in the punter category for mine when it comes to. He could still make a bit of money depending on how he comes out. Like it, it sort of has taken me back a bit more now. I understand the draw a lot more. I haven't had time to sit down and go through Manly too much, but uh, luckily with tonight's episode, I did a bit, and that makes me a bit more because I don't. I'm not picking him to start with. I, I just can't have Tom Trebovich eight thirty-three k there. But at the same time, it's sort of like. He could he could make cash if he became what yeah. we know he can become. 
but just knowing it's quality opposition, knowing that it's going to be hard games, which isn't, as we said, it's not ideal for him to come back and get the confidence and, and be hitting the ground running. I don't like 8.33 for Tom, but I can't knock anyone out there that's doing it. There's clearly a few that are. I can't knock you for doing it because there is plenty of upside to it. And if you've got the – we're talking about big balls on this, and I feel like we're going to have shirts made up soon about big balls. Uh, <laughs> we like to talk about it. You've got some big balls yeah. picking him, and you deserve to be rewarded, I feel like, if you do start there. Yeah, it, it's a massive big ball play. Um, you just run the risk. That's that's all it is. You just take the gamble that he's going to you know, either continue and just absolutely brain it every week or he's going to go down injured. Um and when he goes down injured, you just accept it and you trade him away. Yeah. You don't think too much about it. Um, but you you ride the wave. Um, I'm a massive fan of riding that wave. I, I do it almost every year. Um, whether I start with him, I tend to start with him too. Um, I feel like if he's going to be on for the beginning of the season, that's kind of when you want him. You don't want to take any chances and wait a week to get him because he might not have that week. That's That's the kind of thing that I think about with Turbo, I thought, oh, you know, I can wait for this fixture in five rounds time to get him at a really optimal price. Uh, it's irrelevant because he might not make it there. Um, but in the meantime, he might just kill it in those games. And it's it's funny, you go back and look at just the upcoming fixtures for him. You know, he's played the, the Rabbitohs three times since 2018. Oh, because he's probably been out. Yeah. And he's played the Roosters three times since 2018. Yeah. And they're both back-to-back games, and neither of them are very impressive scores. 58-58, and then the Roosters 39. Like, it's there's a good chance he doesn't really do a great Selfishly, deal. Selfishly, as rugby league fans, we deserve to see him back, and we deserve yep. to see him as the turbo. It would just be phenomenal to watch. Yeah, definitely, man. And I just think, I just hope he's fit because it seems like he is, but, you know, he says, like, seems like he's fit every year. So, and I, I'll say this last last I am nervous as hell not owning him. Oh, I am nervous as hell. Yeah, I know. Um, this would probably be one of the only years that I haven't got him in my team at the moment. And to be honest with you, I'm finding every way to try and fit him in there. And I really <laughs> like seeing Ponga and Trojovic in the team right next to each other. And um, that alone, man, like that, hey. that's 300 points. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you can pull 300 points from two fullbacks, you're laughing. Um, and I, I think you got a good shout for it with those two more than anyone else. So, um, but again, it is a lot of coin to spend on so much risk, but who cares? You just, you take the risk. If you're that set on him, because you know, you know what he can do. He can do more than anyone else can take the risk on him. See what happens. There's one that I am sure about a hundred percent of super coach players to start the year will be sweating when Tom Tavojevic is on because you're either sweating because you have him and you're wanting him to stay fit and on the field or you're sweating because you don't have him and you're thinking, holy shit, do not hurt me too much. Yeah. So everyone will be sweating. Pretty much, yeah. I just hope it's not one of those things too where it's like Ponga has two quiet weeks and Turbo goes unbelievably good and then you just see the the tide turn, everyone switch over and then Turbo gets injured, you know. Um Things like that will happen, you know, hopefully not, but they, they have the, the possibility to because when, when something like that happens, when, when he steps up and just scores 200 points, you're guaranteeing that his next week ownership is going to skyrocket. Um, 
you, you really want to have him for that. So it's it's a hard one to pass up, but it is risky. So yeah. I think it's worth the risk personally. It's more can, about how do you I budget that as well. How do you budget having two of them? That's that's more than anything else. I'll, I'll happily run the risk every week. I don't care. That's that's fine. It's irrelevant <laughs> for me. He's just bloody expensive to start. So where do I find the cash? Pick him as your first pick. Pick him as your first pick in draft. You won't. Pick is my first pick. Third. Come on. Come on, number three. You won't. You know what? If I was eighth, I would. I'll challenge, I'll challenge you right now. Yeah, okay. he won't be there. Someone will pick him up. I actually wouldn't want to pick him in draft in a way because I'd be so that's that's where it's risky. That's for the drafters out there. That if you're taking huge, him, you're basically running your whole season on his fitness. Because if he stays fit, just quick, good chance you win. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't, just quickly as well out there when we are wrap, about to wrap up the episode. But if you are playing drafts this year and you're interested in a bit of draft content, can you please just reach out to the page, a message, comment on YouTube or whatever if you are interested. I mean, Jesse did talk about this off air. We are happy to put a draft episode out in the next week or so. I know a lot of draft comps are about to take off big time of year for drafts. If you're looking at a bit of help, a bit of strategic um, ways around drafts and stuff, I know personally I'll put my hand up and say straight away I will be, Um, but we've spoken about it. We are happy to push ourselves for your guys' benefit um, and get a draft episode out there, which will probably be an hour or so. We'll have a chat about things and, See where to go, but we are happy to do that. Just please reach out so we know that there's an audience for it. So, yeah, it's always I find uh, it really hard to find good like any draft content actually because it's pretty tricky to try yeah. and you know make content around a draft for every single league with everyone is different, um, and it's all completely subjective, you know, based on draft orders and um, just strategy in general. So yeah, yeah, I'm a big draft. I'm a big fan of drafting, and you know, I'd be I'd be more than happy to get into that sort of stuff too with you. That'd be good. Yeah, perfect. Just let us know, as I say, guys. Um, that is the episode done. I uh, hope you have all enjoyed it. You seem to all love our big Supercoach episode, so there it is, another one for you. We've downgraded t- team sizes, as the the originals have uh, know. We used to have four. We've gone down to three, and we just haven't managed to, to shorten the episodes to speed. They're getting longer. More and more talking points. Finally, uh, again, big shout-out to Supercoach Rings and Rugby League Fantasy Pro Please get on to those guys. I give them a follow on social media pages and look up the Rugby League Fantasy Pro on their website for all your super coach. That's what we've spoken about. You'll just find more and more in detail. And our overall comp code, 452-990. Go out and win that ring and take Jesse off his perch. That would be very sweet to, to see, actually. Uh, but thanks, guys, once again for listening. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube this episode. Click the bell icon. Make sure you give us a rating on Spotify and Apple as well. It does go a long way to support the page, and all that is completely free. We're not asking for any cent, any dollar off you at all. So, Jesse, get off to bed. Um, it's been yep. a big night of emotions after our draft, and now this. Um, it's been a massive night super coach wise Yeah, it has been. I'm definitely going to hit the hay. And... Uh... Just think about who I'm taking in third. Oh, <laughs> on that note, good night, guys. Night, I am everyone. going to bed, not a happy chappy. Hey there, Joel from the League of Inches podcast. Just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. I really do hope you enjoyed the podcast. 
if you ha- did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches. It does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well. So, again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum, so make sure you get around the page. Massive things coming up this year in 2024. Have a great day.